everybody, and welcome to a special one-off edition of There Will Be Dungeons. Yes, that's right. When one of our usuals isn't here, today it's John, he's not around, uh, we do a little thing on the side, okay? And today is going to be really interesting and fun. Before we get to all those explanations, I would like to remind you all that our good friends at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD have some very cool teas that match up nicely with what we do here on this show. And if you want to support them, it supports us. Head on over and check them out. Perfect time of year to get it. Gifts and all that. Go to TWBD. Sorry, go to uh, phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Okay. We are going to take a moment here to explain what we're doing today. And I'll let Bo do that. And then we'll kick it off in style. So, Bo, you want to explain the rules, kind of what we're up to and, you know, this sort of thing? Yes, thank you very much. Welcome, everyone, to the one-off. We are playing Star Trek Adventures. It's a tabletop RPG that has a slightly different system than what you're used to. Um, so I thought maybe it'd be a good idea just to orient everyone a little bit on the basics before we start the game proper. Yeah. Um, mainly that uh, it, it it centers on a system called the 2D20 system, which is by the people who make it. I think it's Mephodius or Mephisto or something like that, game company. And basically... Um, Everything that you do in this game is like a skill check for the most part, except for combat and ship combat, which we'll deal with if we get to it at all, and we'll muddle our way through it. Um, but the the um, the main thing is is instead of skill checks, it's called tasks. So anything you want to do, it's a task. And in uh, Star Trek Adventures, rather than having strength, dexterity, constitution, you have uh, these things called attributes and disciplines. So you actually have twelve different things. And to do a skill check, you're going to add an attribute to a discipline. So the attributes are control, fitness, presence, daring, insight, reason. So these are like the version of strength, dexterity, your, your natural innate abilities as, a, as a, a being. And then you have disciplines. These are things you learned at Starfleet or training. So you might be good at security or science, medicine, engineering, command, or con. Okay. So for example, to uh, make... Um, and this is where it's going to be rough because it's knowing you have to combine the two for different tasks and learning that is is a bit of a challenge. But let's say I want to fire a phaser at someone, make an attack. That's going to be maybe control for aiming. And then I'm going to combine it with security because security is where you combat. So if I look at Scott's character sheet briefly, he has a 10 in control and 3 in security. That's going to make his target number to complete the task 13. Okay. Now... In this game, in D&D, you have to roll over a target number that I set. In this game, you have to roll under your target number. So when you roll your D20s, you've got to roll a 13 or under. And that counts as a success. So as you can see, as that number gets higher, it gets easier and easier to roll. However, that's not the end of the story. The DM will set the difficulty, which means the number of successful rolls you have to do. So let's say you're trying to fire phaser a mile away. It's a hard shot. That's a difficulty five. You're going to have to roll a success, five successes. Okay. But let's say he's nearby. It might be a two. And and so how does that rolling work? If you have a difficulty of two, you have to roll two successes. So by default, you get to roll two d20. All right. So you'll roll, you'll roll two d20s. And for each one that's under, it counts as a success. So let's say I rolled a, a two and a three. Boom. I hit the target. If I only rolled one success, then it's going to be a miss. A one is a critical one, which means you get two successes for score rolling a one. 
And the other thing is, is if you score more successes than you need on a given roll, um, you get to store that as momentum. So you can either use momentum to do additional damage or, or if you're scanning a rock, you'll get more information than you might. So if applicable, you can cash in the momentum right away. If not, you can put it in a pool that your party shares that can hold up to six momentum and everyone can cash in those momentum to roll extra D20s to meet their challenges. Oh, wow. So that's momentum. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how, say on a difficulty of five, you only start with two D20s. You can cash in some momentum to make that impossible shot uh, because of skill checks you've succeeded earlier. The, they can, the skill checks can range from zero dice required meaning you can you can store up some momentum to five so that's typically one to five okay the opposite i have a resource pool as dm called threat and essentially i'm going to start the game with six threat okay and you have zero momentum now i can use threat the same way i can use threat in a lot of different ways to roll extra dice for the npcs to create complications in the situations you're in so you don't want to give me threat. How do you give me threat? Well, at any time, you can buy dice to roll by giving me a threat. So if it's an impossible shot that needs three successes and you only have two dice and you want to ensure it, you're like, I'm buying a threat from the DM. You're going to give me a threat, which is more dice to use against you later so that you can make those impossible things. So you cash that right. threat till later and then that can make things worse for us in certain encounters or something? That I can just use it like you can use momentum. Basically, okay. I can cash it in to make your lives more miserable. Okay. So, so by you accomplishing daring things, uh, you also increase the the difficulty of the, the game. It's okay. sort of this dramatic thing. Have I lost anyone yet? I'm sure we'll I'm figure pre- it out as we I'm, go. I'm pretty much done. That's the 80s. That's the general gist. There's other stuff. There's damage that things do, but that's the general basics. All right. We're at the end of the session. We'll also go over how it's not experience points in this game, but there are milestones in case we ever play again. We have to make sure to set aside about 10 minutes to, to wrap up our, our show. Okay. That makes sense. Um, that's about it guys. Uh, just now it's time for my excuses. I got this on Monday. I wanted to thank the person who gifted it to me for Christmas. It was a listener. Um, he's a doctor. I just forgot the name off the top of my head. Dr. Dr. Jerry Tolbert is his name. Dr. Jerry Tolbert. It was like, here, I'm giving you this as a gift. And I got super excited. And and basically Monday I started reading the book. So I still don't have all the rules. If you have corrections for us or something, let us know. I'm happy to take that feedback. No, no, no. Don't let us know. We're having fun with this today. This is our first time through and we don't know how to ride this bike. Yeah, we don't know how to ride this bike. So no corrections. Exactly. (laughs) And I've watched plenty of Star Trek episodes. I am bound to get science and engineering terms and even rate like if you're um, very lore like has to be correct thing you might not want to listen I'm sure we're going to bungle many many things <laughs> we're just having fun here so cool uh, there you go but right. uh, anyways that's it without further ado I think I'm, I'm done all right we're gonna start this off uh, with a little bit of panache everybody sit back and enjoy the introduction to your weekly episode <laughs> of a Star Trek show that will never exist uh, and we're going to start that now. And grats or uh, props to Bo for making this rad intro. So here you go. Enjoy. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Ottawa. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. 
Everyone picture a galaxy-class starship traveling warp speed through space. Yep. And you hear the following. Here's what you hear. Captain's Log, Stardate 48579.4. Our current orders are to escort Dr. Tilda McGovern, a renowned xenobiologist and her team of scientists to the planet of Ophion 4. The planet is a Class M planet. However, deep range scans have been unable to penetrate the thick cloud cover. What is of interest are the unique biological readings coming from the planet. There is not an indication of warp signatures, radio, or anything suggesting that a pre-warp civilization inhabits the surface. The Ottawa is being sent to investigate. Beep! Okay. Well done. All right. Now we don't have to keep it so formal in terms of, you know, playing it and, and things <laughs> like that. We're going to, we have to introduce our characters and everything. So we start our game session with our captain uh, in his captain's quarters looking at his computer console. Do you want to describe what you're, what you're, you're, you're the yep. captain? I'm sitting in there. So picture, picture dude sitting there looking pretty cool. Like got his arm up on his, on his, on his uh, armchair there, just kind of leaning into the screen. Uh, you hear sounds like this. Just me checking out stuff, looking up things. Uh, my name is Captain Greg Spacer. Yeah, that's right. Greg Spacer. Uh, I am a human betazoid uh, half-breed or combo. What do you call it? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hybrid, I guess, of those two things. And a uh, small, tiny little uh, side note. I have thought since t- early TNG that there should be a captain... Who, who comes in kind of Deanna Troy style and has both human characteristics and Betazoid characteristics because a captain who can discern people's intentions, feelings, thoughts, all that stuff seems like it'd be really helpful in the captain's chair. So that was my thinking there. Uh, kind of a cocky dude, uh, very co- uh, commandeering. If you see him, you'd be like, oh, it was intimidating and you know, not mean or, or, or angry, but just someone who looks like he commands the room. Um and yeah, I uh, I went to Starfleet Very for all of that. Very important question about the captain. What kind of hair does he have? He has hair that is uh, strong and immovable, but also parted <laughs> parted uh, very sharply on the left side of his head and, and combed this direction. But it's wavy and, and full. But down back here and in the rear and in the side and stuff, very tight, very, very close. Uh, very regulation sort of Starfleet uh, ambition going on there, there with his hair. Okay. Um, and yeah. Does he have any other features uh, like piercings or, or scars? Any no piercings. Features? He does have a scar. Um, he was involved in an accident uh, at a young age. And that accident, oh, it's not on my sheet, but I detailed it. Where is it? Oh, it doesn't export it with that PDF. Anyway, oh, there, it, descri- it describes an, an accident that I was in that was pretty gnarly. Oh, tele- uh, teleporter accident. And uh, as I recall, the way I chose to deal with it with my stats was I learned instead of being afraid of it, kind of uh, uh, Dr. McCoy style and hating transporters, I instead decided to learn more about it and kind of become an expert in the field of transporter technology. So it's like a little side focus of my of mine. Um, not one of my my big focuses, but, you know, it's part of that. I also am really into small craft, small, uh, small ships. I like shuttlecrafts and. You know, small, less, smaller crew type ships, that sort of thing. Super into that. Um, and I like green ladies, uh, kind of a Kirk trait. Really like them green alien ladies. So if we come across any of those, I'm not saying we will, but you know, 
All right. All right. Well, we, there's plenty of adventure to be had. Let's save some of it. I just wanted a physical description, but we're getting the full backstory. <laughs> it's all good. All right. It's all good. All right. It, cool. um, so as you ruminate on, on yourself, pondering your own qualities in history, yeah. um, your communicator uh, rings. Uh, uh, Captain uh, the, the Spacer here. Well, you hear Cobot to Captain. Cobot. Uh, what, what the hell's going on? Captain, we are approaching the, what did I call it? The Ophion system. The Ophion system. Hmm. Uh, how much you time? Requested to re- you requested to, uh, in about one hour, you requested that we form a briefing before reaching the system. Let's do I it. I would like to know, I would like to know who should be in attendance. Uh, let's get them all in there. We need everybody, including, um, first officer, Akeu Adoyo, uh, chief engineer, Marky Morrow and Tirva, uh, chief <laughs> science officer, and also our chief medical officer, if you please. Uh, I don't think we need. Uh, you know what? Bring ship's counselor. Why not? But I'll be there. So who knows if we need him? And uh, what else? Who else do we think we should have? Just you know, all the usuals. Get him in the room. I'll be ready for you. Just get that going. Lock it in. Very well. I'll see it done. Cobot out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, you understand this to mean this is uh, so. Let's provide some context, just also about what's going on for you. Um, this is you are the new captain aboard the USS Ottawa, a brand new Galaxy class. That's like the Enterprise, Galaxy or Voyager, Galaxy class starship. Um, and this is your first mission. And this, this is that As era for the for the fans listening. We're doing this during the TNG Voyager style era, right? It's sometime after TNG. Okay. Uh, so maybe somewhere in the middle of Voyager, whenever that was occurring. I'm not great on the dates, but in the, it's TNG era. Sure. Um, yeah. So this is a new ship, and this is your first assignment as captain. You've been, you know, a, a number, a first officer for a long time. So this is being a captain. This is your first, very first mission. Okay. Okay. Um, now, uh, so for this first mission, uh, sorry, what was I going to say? I can't remember. But anyways, they, yes, that's that's the context I want to provide. So um, the way the game is structured uh, is that uh, you can, of course, explore and just do whatever, and we'll do that. But it is um, a number of scenes structured sort of back-to-back as we progress. So we're only focusing right now that you're using one character, but it's important for everyone to know that it is possible for certain characters to not be part of scenes. But of course, if you want Kyle and Kristen, you should try and find a way to shoehorn them in, even though they might not belong. Because we're not doing the mechanic for supporting characters, where when people play this game, uh, you, the doctor might be in the medical bay, and you might still want to participate in the game, so you play a supporting character like the helmsman or the tactician. Or something. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we can't we can't think you can't really think of it as a party. You have to think of it as your as a ship that you're all working on. All right. So you wanted Adoya and Tivera. For La- sure. uh, Dr. Lafferty, Cobot uh, will be there. Let's see who else is gonna. I'm just gonna get the list of the attendant attendants. You okay. can leave. You can leave. Transporter room ends in Ben Kenobi down where he is. He does not need to come out of there. <laughs> that guy can okay. bite me. He can stay sure. there. Yeah. Sure. All right. Perfect. And um, let's see. Uh, all right. Perfect. Let's go. All right. So, is there anything else you'd like to do in your captain's room before making your way to the? To the mission briefing? Um, I would look longingly into my little space window as the stars fly by and just think, ah, oh, this is my chance to shine. Finally, all those naysayers at Starfleet will 
will bow to my greatness as the great captain. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, they'll utter the name Kirk, Picard, Janeway, and then Spacer, all in the same, <laughs> same, you know, the same reverence one day. That's what I'll think as I, as I gaze out there and then I'll, I'll make my way to the door and get out. Perfect. <clears throat> so you walk through the, um, you walk through the uh, the bridge and you see everyone hard at work and you make your way to the turbo lift. Take the turbo lift to the mission briefing room. Now the mission briefing room looks like you would picture it on the Enterprise. It is a boardroom table where people sit and as you enter uh, the mission briefing room all of the officers stand up from the table as well as the scientific envoy and I'm going to take some time to describe everyone who's there. So the first person you notice is there is your First officer, Commander Ekoyo Adoyo. Uh, Ekeo Adoyo. She is a um, she's a human female from Earth. She's Kenyan in origin. Um, you have your chief engineer, uh, and this Kyle. I'll stop to just let you describe uh, your character and his name. I'm uh, Mark Marrows. I look a lot like the brawny towel guy. Got a chin for days. My <laughs> My uniform is rolled up just to above my elbow, showing off my massive arms. Nice. Come from Earth. I uh, like, uh, like a bit of farming on the side. This is my third ship. The uh, Fate 465, as everyone knows, exploded. And the USS Principal also exploded. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, this uh, it makes everyone a little nervous to, to see me on the bridge and, uh, and helping out. But I'm excited for the mission. Oh, you've got a rocky track record, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and then right next to the chief engineer, uh, we can go with uh, Ch- engineer or chief Antivera as the as what we call you, Kyle. I like to go by Maros. All right, Chief Maros or just Maros? But well, what are people formally going to call you, even if you don't like it? Oh, formally, yeah, they they would call me Antivera, but I, I prefer to be called Maros. Okay. Perfect. Um, you may have to correct some people as we go along on this. It's a new ship, and you're all getting acquainted with one another. Um, next to uh, Chief or Maros is um, uh, the Chief Medical Officer. Kristen, would you like to introduce us to your character? Uh, Delaris Dottie. Uh, I've been in, uh, in the medical field for quite some time. Just joined Starfleet because it felt like it. Life was getting bored. Uh, people don't really like me because I can tell them what they're feeling. <laughs> Betazoid, after all, you can sense, uh, like right now, you can sense some anxiousness in the room. It's <laughs> so, uh, from the Lower <laughs> East Captain, Side of Betazoid. Captain, he rides us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boston Betazoid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see all how right. it holds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you set yourself a high, high bar. Um, all right, next to the medical officer, Dr. Staddy, is the ship's counselor, which you asked to be there, uh, Dr. Penrose uh, Lafferty. It's an African-American human male. Um, so think Deanna Troy, uh, Deanna Troy's role. Uh, Lieutenant Cobot, a Romulan male, is there as well. And then there's also the security chief, Lieutenant Commander Flex Reynolds, uh, present as... <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, amazing. And then there's the uh, science envoy that's along with you, um, Doctor Tilda McGovern, as who's wearing not star, uh, not a Starfleet uniform, but wearing a, a white coat. And then her assistants, Doctor David Still and Doctor Aryan Sandoval. 
So in Star Trek terms, it'd be people we've seen in other TV shows and we just can't recollect their name, but here they are guest starring for this episode of Star Trek. That's right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, um, Captain Spacer, you walk into the room and how do you address it? Uh, uh, you... Oh, uh, all right. Hang, hang on a Is second. There a cat? <laughs> I'm cat sitting and the cat <laughs> has been quiet all day and all of a sudden he's going nuts. So hopefully he goes away in a second. If not, I might have to remove him. It's That's that cat. Him. I keep him in the med bay, but he wanted to yeah, join yeah. the meeting uh, today. Stupid. No, you guys yeah. don't hear the cat, but doctors. <laughs> no, there's a cat. You can sense it. <laughs> okay. So, so you can sense the cat voice and um but captain spacer you hear a cat meowing uh you hear cat meowing as you enter the briefing room all right i will pause kind of twist up my eye a little bit look around and uh remember some stories i read about lieutenant commander data and his time on the enterprise and his love of his cat and then i won't think anything more about that as i move forward yeah, and as, as you say that, I forgot to describe one person present. Your chief science officer, Lieutenant Commander Tome, who mm. is an android that looks like Data. Oh, nice. He's a da- So he's that model-ish? Uh, like he looks like? Yes. Him? Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. I'll come in and say, uh, uh, thank you for all. Uh, thank you all for being here. Please, please sit. Have everybody sit down. All right. I'll pull up a chair, or sit down, and I'll, I'll get into a kind of Rikery, you know, just kind of swing into there and... Again, I like to sit with my fist on the hand, on the armrest and up kind of at a right angle. Gives me an air of, you know, kind of a dickhead kind of thing going on. And I'll say, I'll say, um, all right, you're probably all wondering why I've brought us here. Uh, we should probably get right down to the mission. And then uh, I'll explain what we're going to do next, which I guess is we got to let Tilda talk. So I'll say, uh, Dr. Uh, McGovern, if you could explain... Uh, your your reasons for uh, for this mission and uh, what we can all do to help make it all happen. Thank you, Captain Spacer. And she gets up from her desk. If you draw your attention to the screen, please. Computer, play Project File twenty seven four D. And the, <laughs> and, the, and so um, some screenshots of a topographical map of the surface of Ophion uh, four show. She says. First off, I want to thank uh, Starfleet for allowing this scientific mission to happen. We're going to provide you with some rudimentary details about what we expect to be encountering once we reach Orphean 4. Orphean 4. This planet came of interest to our scientific unit when we discovered that it had signs of life that were very unusual. Now, Orphean 4 is a Class M planet. And thus we'd expect perhaps to see a pre-warp civilization or something prehistoric. Instead, our readings were most curious. It seemed rich with flora. However, we also detected signs of sentient life. But the patterns, as you can see here, and she points out to the screen, do not resemble any of a humanoid species that we've encountered before. We're not entirely certain what we expect to find there, and it's been a matter of some curiosity to us. Once we reach Ophion 4, we would like to beam aboard the surface and study what we find there. And then um, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Kobot, or no, sorry, your first officer speaks up and says, we will be arriving in about an hour. 
Captain, you should consider who to send on an away team. Well, uh, along with the good doctor and her, what is it, her assistant, Dr. Stills and Dr. Aaron Sandoval, I assume they need to, to go. <clears throat> Dr. Aryan Sandoval, please. Oh, uh, doctor, sorry. Uh, you're, you need to, uh, uh, I assume, accompany Dr. McGovern uh, on this mission, correct? That's correct. My assistants will be accompanying me uh, to help in the study of what we find there. Well, then I would really like to have my chief engineer and my chief medical officer uh, come with us for any sort of engineering and or medical needs we may run into. <laughs> and uh, okay. perhaps along with that... Um, Let's see. Who do I want to take? So, Doctor Steady is coming. The, let's take the German and the robots. I want to take Doctor Gunther <laughs> Schubert. Okay. I, I am tactical. I'm coming with you. I want okay, to hang on. Um, just give me a second here. I want him, um, and I want right, the so robot. We're taking um, Doctor Steady. We're taking uh, Chief Antivera. Yeah. We'll have to start calling you Morrow. Um, I'm just getting used to how we have to do all this nomenclature. Uh, so, and you wanted to bring the the tactical, um, yeah, the German the ta- tactical ta- Gunter guy. He's coming. Okay. I want a free. I um, want a kind of a freak show element. I hope he's it. Okay, Lieutenant Commander Tome speaks up and says, "Captain, may I inquire as to why you are bringing the tactical uh, tactical person and not the science officer?" I don't know if I'd question the captain's orders if I were you. <laughs> I sense that she senses that's a not a bad idea. Um, We're sensing some things here, and you need to listen. By the way, she's full. To offend, she's full Betazoid, right? Like, yeah, full full breed. Okay, yeah. You guys are both Betazoids, so her sensitivity. Think speak telepathically to each other. We might be able to, but her her sensitivity is going to be higher than mine because they always portrayed true Betazoid or Beta Z citizens as being more sensitive to it than like Troy, who was kind of half there. So I'm kind of half there, but it'll be good to have her there. Um, all right. Well, I'll say uh, you make a good point. Uh, let's bring Chief. Who is it? Chief Officer, uh, uh, Science Officer Tome with us. Yeah, Tome. That's your data. Okay. In addition, with Gun- we'll take Gunter and Tome. Big party going. Unless the DM wants me not to take so many people with us. It's totally up to you. No, it's not me that... I don't care who you take, but the characters may. This is Starfleet, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we'll take Tome. We'll take Schubert. (laughs) Your number Uh, one, Adoyo, says, It is not customary for the captain to go on an away team. Are you sure you wish to embark upon this mission, Captain Spacer? It's my first mission... If you're asking me if I'll just sit in my office and watch this happen, you've got me wrong. I intend to get it, uh, my hands dirty uh, and show my show my my crew uh, and my uh, the people aboard the ship and those back home at Starfleet what I'm made of. So, so uh, the answer is yes. I am going on this mission. Understood. Yes, Captain. And so, uh, Doctor McGovern looks around, and says, "Well, that's all I have to say. Are there any questions about the mission?" If not, we can begin preparations. Is there anything about this planet we need to be prepared for? Any uh, any uh, uh, strange uh, atmospheric anomalies? Anything about the br- the air we need to breathe? Uh, we, we we show it Class M, but is there any surprises you're aware of that we don't know about? So Tom speaks up and says, I've done some deep scans of the system surface. It is covered in a dense cloud of water and hyd- hydrogen and water. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is difficult for our sensors to penetrate inside the planet's surface, so we do not know what to expect. However, it is a Class M planet, the atmosphere is breathable, and we should be relatively safe. And uh, as far as who might meet us down there, any sort of wildlife or indigenous folk or anything we should be uh, prepared for, I assume we're bringing weapons, phasers. Dr. McGovern says, um, I, I can't speak to the security concerns. However, it might be a good idea to um, um, uh, to expect that there will be some sort of life form present, and that may provide some danger. Although, we, we feel the probability of that is low. We are dealing with plant life here. Well, everybody bring your, your phasers, um, uh, put them on stun for now. And uh, <laughs> I think we'll Nobody, adjourn. Everyone, <laughs> everyone react like, just like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Ready for whatever, man. All right. Uh, meeting adjourned. Thank you all very much. Uh, bye. And then I'll get up and leave. Okay. All right. Perfect. So there's now an hour until arrival. We can just skip ahead to the next scene of arrival, but is there anything else anyone wants to do before we arrive at Ophion 4? Uh, Delara's going to pick up the cat she had hiding under her seat and carry it back to the medical bay. Mm. I'll go back to my office and do a quick uh, call, uh, a message over over hyperspace, or however they call that. I forget what they call it in the thing. Subspace communications. Uh, yes, to my daughter, who is currently a s- studying science at the academy, uh, and uh, let her know that I'm I'm well, that we're out about to embark on this mission. Uh, don't worry about me; everything will be fine. Uh, it's kind of a voicemail style thing that I'm doing. I'm not talking to her directly. Um, I do this because her mother uh, died uh, of uh, some kind of weird space virus some years before, and so she's really the only family <laughs> I have. <laughs> so. So uh, space virus, <laughs> space virus got her. So I'm just letting her know I'm good. I'm okay. I'll call you when I'm done. That that kind of stuff. I would do that. Okay, great. And, I'm gonna uh, go Mark check Carlos. out the the transporter and, and give it a once over to make sure make sure this, it's okay. Yeah, this bird can fly. Okay, well we have our first task check. Then this is this is a task, I believe. And so how do we do this? Well. This is a good um, test run for tasks, so uh, like a tutorial level. Uh, so good calls. So uh, if I'm looking at your character sheet, Antivero, um, this would be definitely involving engineering, right? And if you're if you're repairing it, I believe that's going to be control. I think, Sweet. right? You're effectuating, or let's go with in. Is it insight? Are you looking for errors, or you're you're more examining, right? So I think insight makes more sense. So insight and engineering, your insight seven and your engineering four, so that gives you thirteen or under. The, ta- the difficulty of this task is zero, so you can roll um, two d ta- two uh, sorry two d twenties, and you're trying to roll under. All right, roll under. Oh, under twenty. Under his his target of oh, thirteen. Oh 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 oh. I got an 18 and a 3. Okay. So, um, because it's difficulty 0, you are bound to succeed no matter what. However, you gain a momentum from this. So you can use the momentum now to effectuate your scan even better, or you can store the momentum for use later. Is effectuate a word? (laughs) I like that word, if it is. Yeah, it is. It is? Okay. I don't know why I've never heard it before. I like it. 
I'll store it it's for later. All right. So when you store it, it's for everyone. So the party now has one momentum. There's a cap on store momentum of six, by the way. All right. Um, so you check the transporter room for repairs, uh, and Ensign Kenobi watches you work while you do this, and the transporter room seems to be in good function. Again. Okay. Do I need to? No, need to you're take fine. A to... He's totally fine. He's not that loud. <laughs> He's so chatty right now. It's insane. It's when I'm not recording a podcast, he was silent. He was hiding. He's yeah. been hiding all day. Yeah, cats are weird that way. They know how to screw with us. Um. Okay. Sorry. You did you ask someone a question? No. So so um, Aunt Maros was um oh performing repairs. So you've checked the transporter room while Kenobi uh, watched you. Ensign Kenobi watches you, and there are no errors to report. Everything's in fine working condition. Excellent. All right. Perfect. Okay. So um, are you're in your captain's quarters again, right, Captain Space? I sure am. All right. So uh, as an hour goes by, you finish recording your message. Um, uh, you receive a message on your uh, communicator Yeah. from <laughs> uh, from Lieutenant Seng. Oh, all right. Yeah. Sing to Captain. Yes, Cap- uh, Commander. Commander Sing. Uh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Sing. Uh, Lieutenant Sing. Thank you. What, what can I do for you? What's going on? We are. We will be approaching Ophion Four in moments. You're requested upon the bridge. Uh, I'll. I'll make my way out now. Thank you very much. And I'll hang up on that. And I'll head out to the bridge, which is just adjacent to my little ready room, anyway. That's right. We'll open the door, hop out there, and we're good. So you open up into the bridge, and on the bridge you see the following uh, characters. So I think Morrow, uh, Morrow, you'll be up, you'll be there at your engineering station upon the bridge. Your first officer, Commander Adoyo, is there. Um, Science officer Tome is there as well. Uh, the communications officer Kobot is in the communication space. You have a helmsman, Lieutenant Hyun Seng. She's a Chinese Starfleet uh, female who's mm-hmm. piloting the ship. Um, you have your security chief, Lieutenant Commander Flex Reynolds, a large Canadian man uh, on, on sort of the back area where Wharf might stand, uh, typically in Enterprise. Um, you also have uh, Lieutenant Gunther Schubert <laughs> on tactical <laughs> as well there. So you approach the captain and you hear um, Adoyo say, Captain on the bridge. And everyone who can stand up, the helmsmen don't do, and then they get back to work. Once I'll you- say, as you were, and I'll walk in and sit down in my mm-hmm. traditional arm up in the 90-degree angle way on my chair. All right. And so um, the uh, Lieutenant Sang takes the ship out of warp, and the view screen, uh, which is displaying it, shows uh, a Earth-like planet but with heavy, heavy, heavy cloud cover, pretty much all white and gray and blue for the most part, um, on the view screen before you. Okay. Your orders, Captain. Uh, quick sensor sweep. Everything look good. Okay, so uh, you're going to have someone do a sensor sweep for yep. for you. Yep. Uh, but you've given a command. So as captain, what you can do is you can enable others to do things by ordering them to do it, giving them an additional dice to roll their skill check with. So they're going to roll the roll their own um, dice for mm-hmm. the scan, mm-hmm. but you're going to help them by rolling one of yours, and the scan is going to be. Um, Let's see. It's going to be command. You have a command uh, thing, so it's going to be a command. Oh, right. And yeah. yeah, because you're giving a command, let's do command and presence because you're helping with that. And then this person will do their. Okay. So when it says command. I have a command in dis- disciplines of command of five, what does that actually mm-hmm. do to the role I'm about to do? It sets your target for what you have to roll under. So higher oh. is better because you're trying to roll under. So 
your presence is 10 and your command is 5. That means you have to roll under 15 on, on two D20s. D20s. Okay, I'm going to roll them right now. Here goes. Or, sorry, one. You only roll one because you're giving command. I'm rolling two D20s for your, oh, okay. your supporting character. Gotcha. I rolled a 17. Okay, so that's a that's a whiff. Uh, damn it's it. higher than your target number. Oh, no, no, okay. wait, 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 wait. I screwed up. But I what's your other dice? I, I hit it twice. I hit it twice because you were saying two and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, My first roll dice. was a 12. Okay, perfect. Does that, right, is that good? Great. That's better to 12 be is good. Yeah, okay. it's a success. You've scored a success for this. All right. Uh, and as well as um, she scored one success as well. Um, your helmsman did. Just, or no, sorry, your science officer is doing the scan, so tell him this. Mm-hmm. Um, that means you can store this one as momentum, or you can use it now to further your scan results. Uh, store it for momentum. Okay, you, your party now has two momentum. going to turtle up on the momentum a little bit. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Toe says, I'm showing no signs of any other ships in the vicinity. The planet is um, a Class M planet, breathable atmosphere, as Dr. McGovern told us in the briefing. I'll uh, swivel around like a Dr. McGovern with a wry smile and say, seem good enough for you, Doctor? You ready to depart? Yes, I'm ready to get underway. And she immediately walks towards the turbo lift. Sweet. All right, everyone. You know who you are? To the tur- to the turbo lift and off to the transport room. Kenobi, okay. Junior. Um, and Lieutenant Cobot, the Romulan there, uh, gets on the intercom and starts communicating to the other uh, away team members that they're ready to ready to trans. The captain's ready for them to transport. So then we move along. Everyone gets their gear and makes their way to the transport room. You are now uh, so Lieutenant. Uh, oh, Lieutenant. Oh my God! Remembering everyone's new names. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Spaddy, the Doctor Spaddy. Morrow's yeah. Captain Spacer, you're all in the transport room with Dr. McGovern, Dr. Sandoval, and Dr. Stahl. Um, ready to beam down, six, six to beam down. All right. Uh, we're all on the we're on the pad. I'll look at uh, Kenobi over there, who I really – we won't get into why, but, but the Captain uh, Captain Spacer does not like Ben Kenobi at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. He just needs to do his, ba- he needs to do his basic job, get it done. That's as good as we're going to get with that guy. Very much okay. a shut up, a, a kind of a shut up Wesley kind of relationship with Kenobi. All right, so we're there. I'll say, all right, Mister Kenobi, uh, this many. How many of us are there? There's six. Six to six beam to down. Him. All right, and he waits for you to say the command. Uh, engage. Mm, no. Oh, uh, and it's, beam. Ener- it's energized. Right? Oh, ener- oh, energized. Or you can make up your own. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's, okay, wait. Uh, pff- uh, get her done, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and the transporter goes. All right, we're out of there. All right, and the six of you beam down to the surface of Ophion 4. Immediately, you see um, a landscape of mountainous rocks tinged somewhat purple, as well as clouds in the sky. You can't see sun or anywhere up into the sky. It's very cloudy and also purple. There's a purple sort of hue to it. But what's most striking about this mountainous terrain is that covered everywhere are these long stalks of green vine, very thick, like like thick, like big. You know, these green vines um, running like conduits everywhere. And you sort of beam down to an area where they aren't, so there's this sort of clear you know, universal set like area where you've just beamed down clearly, but the vines are everywhere. And oh my God, Snoopy. Uh, 
<laughs> Snoopy. Snoopy. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, so I, they put food out for you. Eat. All right. Um, <laughs> there, Snoopy, there are vines. Please. There are vines everywhere. Um, and uh, okay, I think it's he's breaking my concentration is the problem. There. Every time I think a thought, a meow enters into it, and the thought explodes into a million pieces. Yeah. Um, all right. On the break, I'll take care of it. So um, there are vines everywhere. And where you see vines, you see, like, there's these sort of large, um, tu- not tulip-like, but these four leaves that sort of sprout from various parts of the vines. But the vines are as far as the eye can see. It's like the planet's surface is covered in this large vine like if you think of a castle wall and how vines might wrap up it's like the planet is that castle wall and there's just vines upon vines everywhere okay yeah and and every so often in the vine you see these little blue crystal like gem like things attached into the vine dr mcgovern and her two assistants get to work right away opening up containers filled with scientific equipment and start conducting scans um the captain would look at Chief Science Officer Tome and ask uh, Lieutenant Lieutenant Commander Tome for a uh, a scan of those of those gems or those stones, if you can. All right. So Lieutenant Commander Tome uh, goes to scan them. Uh, since you provided him with the command, you can roll an assistance dice. Okay. Here we go. For scanning, would be science and. Um, Science and reason. Let's Science see. and reason combined are. Uh, hold on. Where's reason? Science oh, is three. Reason is seven. So okay. ten. So ten or ten. So I got a you seven. roll one dice this time. Yeah. I got a seven this time. Okay. Uh, all right. Perfect. You can store it as a momentum, or you can um, use it to further the result. In this case, let's use it to further the result. Okay. Perfect. All right. So Lieutenant Commander Tome scans and says. Fascinating. It would seem that this plant life covers over 80% of the landmass of this planet. And it would also seem as though this is made of plant-like biological material that we have not encountered before. Uh, and Mr. Tome, is it possible to extract a uh, sample and take it with us? I will leave that to Dr. McGovern. That's what they are here for. Perhaps she can provide you with a sample. That's a good point. I will continue my scans and report back any findings, Captain Spacer. Good. Very very well, uh, Lieutenant Commander Tome. So Tome walks off and is still holding his tricorder out and scanning around. Uh, Mero, uh, Dr. Spatty, is there anything that you'd like to do upon the surface? I made some unidentified biological mess this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll elbow Mero. Mero's unmoved by the elbow. He takes an extremely thick stance. His 6'5", well-built physiology. And he's kind of scanning out around. He, He sort of hunkered down with his phaser out for stun. Oh jeez! Oh, he's like ready. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that. It's not a bad thing. It is a very, it is a very, it is a very intimidating view. Um, so, Doctor McGovern comes to you, Captain Spacer, and to the rest of the away team, and says, 
We will need to be here some time, I should think. Um, I heard you mention to Lieutenant Commander Tome that you would like a sample. I'd like a sample of this, and I would point to the uh, an example of the of the stone. Of the stone. Or oh, the, the gemstone. The gemstone stuff. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a take on it now, Doctor? What do you think? What do you suppose this material is? Well, I've done some preliminary scans, and she shows you her tricorder. And what I found in the deep tissue is fascinating. Have a look here, everyone. And she points to to her tricorder, shows that everyone says, as you can see inside this plant material, not only are the the expected fibers of plants found, but there are signs of um, a cardiovascular system inside the vine. As well as, if you look at these lines here, a nervous system. It's very exciting the kind of biological life form we may have found here. I, I'm beyond words. I, I, I am hesitant to take a sample. If I'm it sensing out- some hesitancy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, Dr. Spaddy. I'm a bit hesitant because what if this is sentient life? It may be taken as perhaps first contact protocols might be in order. Or if this is a pre-warp civilization that is more sentient than we realize, we we may have to to leave. What is your recommendation, Captain Spacer? Well, uh, you say you need additional time. What does that mean when you say this? To understand what we are dealing with. So is it possible to retrieve these samples and beam back to the ship and do that? The ship's got all. Do you give permission for me to take samples? I do not know what the Starfleet regulations might be for for coming into contact with a pre warp civilization or making first contact with with one. Well, I don't know what I'm. If we have not not sure what we are looking at here. If we do, you believe this to be a life form unto itself and a sentient one at that? We need to conduct more scans. Let mm. me let me just take one deep tissue scan here. Um, I will need the assistance of another science officer. My assistants are busy. Doctor Spotty, can you yeah. help me perform this scan? Sure, why not? Okay. So and then so um, Doctor McGovern breaks out a tripod yeah. that has a little like laser like device at the top. And she, she gets out this sort of lens, this force field lens, and turns it on. And she says, are you familiar with this deep tissue scanning device? Yeah, I've used it a few times. Okay, do you want to do, you want to do the scanning or do you want to hold the lens? I'll scan. <laughs> okay, so she, she moves up to the lens and then there's, a, there's sort of this scanner. It's like a medical scanner, but it's got these two little handles and triggers like a... Like, like a gun and halo that is mounted or something like it, but it does medical stuff um, and it's there and then there's a sort of screen and it, it's going to allow you to do deep tissue uh, you know cartography, cartography whatever <laughs> mapping of the organism um, so you'll need to make a skill check to complete this task it's a difficulty one it's not an easy thing to do um, and you will need to use so Dr. Spotty you'll need to use science as well as control. So this is a fine piece of medical equipment. You'll need to, uh, your control is 11 and your science is four. So you'll need to roll under 15. You get two dice to roll. You have to have one success to, to do this successfully. 
Cool. I got a 20 and a 7. 20 and a 7. All right. So one is a fail, but one is a success. And that's what you needed to successfully perform the scan. So you, <laughs> a laser pierces out, hits the lens, and then it fractures into several laser lights and penetrates into the, into the, the vine. And then your screen becomes filled with information as it goes and it starts mapping out cardiovascular systems inside the vine and nerves. And, and um, the job is successfully done. But as you do that, you hear a, oh, no. And then Dr. McGovern, a, a piece of the plant appears to have covered its her leg and is starting to wrap its way up her leg and start to cover her immediately. And she just looks in terror as, it should, as the plant begins to envelop her. Wait, I sense fear. Sorry, I had to be an intense moment there. You had to <laughs> that would be that. a commercial break time. Yeah. For example. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does anyone react to her becoming en- enveloped inside this uh, vet, vi- vine-like um, uh, membrane that's sort of beginning to cover from her leg up? And she goes, Dr. Spotty will point and be like, quick, I sense fear. <laughs> is it is it based on a vine or is it a greater plant? Um, it appears to be a subvine protruding from the, um, from the uh, plant and starting to... to it's like a thick, still a thick vine, but it's like a subvine from a main vine that that has this sort of end where one of the flappy leaves have covered her. It was almost like it was covered in the ground, so she would have stepped in it not knowing, and then it began just it's sort of encasing her slowly as it moves up her leg. Dealing with Jumanji level ambush predators here. I'm gonna leap forward, pull out my phaser, which is set to stun, and try to to shoot the vine uh, at the base, not her leg, but at the base <laughs> to try to stop it from. Strangling her. Okay, on stun? Yeah, on stun not, not intended right. to kill it, at least not yet. We gotta see what it's you know, what it'll react to. That's a control and security, so you and the difficulty of the shot, it's not far. It's twi- uh, gonna be a two. Okay. Uh, you have to roll under thirteen twice. Thirteen twice with D twenty. You're rolling two D twenties, yeah. Oh, okay, first one's a three. Second one's a six. <laughs> All right, so you take the, you take your phaser on stun, you go shooting it on stun. Um, Wait, I got that force- here somewhere. Here we go. That's just stun. All right, now this is where I get shady on the rules because we're this is a theory of combat thing. So I just need to look up the phaser damage. Let's see how the, exactly this works. I'm having way too much fun with this already. We may have to do more one-offs because I don't know why I like the world so much, but it's so dumb. Anyway, um, so yeah, you see, so fire the phaser out. Um, yeah, this is this is the combat's the part I'm hazy on, but anyways, you're gonna fire the phaser out. Yeah, uh, I got to do this. I just don't want to slow down the pace of the show, but I have to I have to understand how this works. It's all good. So let me. Uh, I might get might might need a minute. You guys might need to chat or strategize or plan or whatever. Um, well, I look this up here. Combat. I was trying to think what actual Star Trek characters do when, like when that gr- when the when the Glad trash bag came and got um, <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I I'm feeling too. I feel like I should immediately start counter wrestling it. Yeah, 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 and end up getting caught in it as well as part of my you know my fault. Yeah, because our reactions are now that I think about it, Star Trek people reactions are a little suspect sometimes. Like they kind of jump to conclusions, which is why I shot it. That was my thinking was like, 
Well, yeah, I wouldn't ask questions. This thing's an immediate risk. It's like a clear and present danger. I got to shoot it. Yeah, Tashigar, that's who got killed by the back. <laughs> Thanks, chat. All right, so what, um, can, you, can you roll a d6 for me and tell me the result? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d6 incoming. Oh, whoa, that was wrong. Sorry. D6, a three. Okay, thank you. All right, the reason I ask is because uh, I'm spoiled by D&D Beyond where I can quickly look things up. I've got to, like, scroll through a massive PDF. Find oh, things. to find um, stuff? And, you know, you, like, search for damage and you get... 50 entries in the PDF and I'm like uh alright so um, so you, you hit the um, so, so uh, what did you roll on the d6 a uh, 3 is all okay so you fire your, your phaser at it attempting to stun it and it has no effect um I will go and, and it, con- it continues to cover her she's now covered up to her waist then I would pull back quickly turn it to kill not vaporize, okay. but enough to kill. There's three settings, right? If I yeah. have this right, there's stun, there's kill, and then there's kill and also vaporize those people. So I'll put it on the second highest level and uh, do that. All right. So you you've had a roll. I just want to I want to make sure if Doctor Spotty or Mero wants to have an action before you get. To oh yeah, we're probably in some kind of turn order, right? I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean informally, it's not really combat, but yeah. Dr. Spotty's just going to sit down and look kind of bored. I will engage in wrestling the vine off my companion. Okay. All right. So you rush forward to tear it off? Yeah. Just like grab whatever the end is. And assuming that's like, not that it has an eye on it, but assuming that's some sort of brain or sensory thing, I'll kind of like, ah, like grab it towards me and try to unwind it from from my companion. Okay, so this is a security and fitness roll. So you have fitness of 11 and a security of 5. Uh, so you have to roll 16 or under. However, this is a difficulty 4 task, as this thing is quite strong. So you can only roll 2d20s. You can purchase more by giving me threat, or you can cash in momentum. And remember, ones count as successes. And is, is doing this a focus of yours? No. Okay, so that won't matter. All right. No, but I do have a mean right hook. Right. So, that's, so you're trying to tear it off. I think mean right hook is for combat attack. Okay, so that'd be if look. I started punching it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not doing a mean right hook right now. Cool. Unless well, you are I, punching it, yeah. Well, there are two momentum in the, in the storage. Yeah. So I would like to use those. Do I have to get agreement from the group for that? Nope. I mean, oh. it might be. That's up to you guys whether yeah. you want to do agreement or just do like selfish take. Or Interesting. Whatever. That's, that's uh, what do the do the rules? I mean, the rules probably say it's up to the DM, I guess. But you can't. It's not a vote. Like whoever's the active player can can use as many as they want without. You know, if the rest of the players are like, I don't want you to use it, well, the active player can choose to use it. I like that because it seems like in a situation like this where we don't know what's happening with this vine, a character if they're feeling the momentum would just take it, and we'd want them to, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Kyle, you should just do what your heart tells you. All right. All right. I'll say this is worse than Cabbage Night and engage the thing in wrestling. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Everything's worse than Cabbage Night. I got a 14 and a 20. Oh, that's funny. Okay. A 16 so and an 11. So that's three successes. And you need four. 
Right, so I'll, I'll risk it with one threat and then I'll give up. Okay, uh, the timing of this, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think you can cash in after the roll. Okay, so that's fair, that's fair. I don't, th- I don't think so. So you have to sort of prepare in advance. But I could sure. be wrong about that. Um, however, yes, yeah, so... It, well, could I? Hmm. You might have an ability that allows a reroll or something like that. But that's the other thing is I'm not 100% clear. So let me look at... Mean right hook, not less resolute. Actually, one of the things, uh, Captain Spacer, you could do is you could help him do this. I can. I'd love to help and him. And th- that way you would roll one of your D20s um, to help. Now, you ha- we have to use your um, fitness and security. So you have to roll a 13 or under. 13 or under on two allowed. rolls or one roll? On what you only get one roll. Okay. That's that's like aiding in D and D. Like it's um you can help by tossing a, a dice in there. So you can see Morrow taking on the thing, and you could jump in and also help sort of try shred off this. Uh, All right, so I'll get membrane. into the scuffle. It sounds a lot like this. This is grunts, feet shuffling. Oh God. I'm so ready for this, dude. I've been ready all day. Uh, Ten is what I rolled. Okay, that's a success. Sweet. So, um, as you, so Morrow runs towards Doctor McGovern as she's getting um, covered in this membrane and begins ripping off pieces of the 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 the, the plant. It's like shredding it, and fibers are ripping everywhere. But he's having a hard time keeping up with it. And then Captain Spacer comes in and holds Doctor McGovern steady so that he can just do full rips, rip, 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 and ripped her right off, and she's free. Oof. Thank the Lord. And she's like, oh, thank you very much. I, that was a close one. Oh, no, Dr. Sandoval. And you turn around and you see Dr. San- Sandoval's, like, a shape of a human encased in, in, in so- the membrane, sort of reaching like this behind you while you were busy in the scuffle with Dr. McGovern. Completely entrapped in, in, in it? He's a, yeah, he's entrapped in it. Oh, jeez. You have to get him out. Quick, Hurry. And she rushes forward with a tricorder and begins tricording, not being a combat pers- personnel. Well, I don't want to shoot him. Um, well, Dr. Spatty, do you want to do anything? Are you still sort of gunning the I'm a doctor, gun? not a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> you need medical stuff, you let me know. <laughs> I used to think the most disagreeable Betazoid was Troy's mother. I have changed my mind on that. I think it's What's now name? this character. Luxana? Yeah, Luxana was she was <laughs> She's the best. She's pretty Luxana. great. All right. Uh Well, I All right. we'd want to turn around uh, uh, probably me and Kyle would turn around and attempt to free this dude as well and work from the head down so we can get him breathing. All right, more ripping? Yeah, more ripping. Kyle or Maro, um, so you're saying he's like encased in a in a bubble, like hey, like a- he's encased in like plant. It's like plant substance. It looks green and leafy, and it's like covering him, um, covering up, covering him up. Like, Something so like, you can see uh, the outline of shape, like you know, like D and D spiders might web someone, and you see their shape and webbing. Okay, it's like that, but plant material. It's like this alien plant material that's covered him up in vines, and he's encased in in the plant material. All right, well, I will uh, continue to wrestle uh, what I've grabbed off this beast, much like you might shake a prop snake, of course, and and give it a chuck away from me before I turn, still kind of hunched and thick, and run to join the saving of our next companion. So this, again, will be a difficulty four. It will, again, use your fitness and security. So 16 is your target. 
You start with 2d10. Anyone helping can also yes. roll an additional dice, I and you can purchase uh, you can purchase dice for threat. Cool. So all of us together are trying to beat a four with our d20s. That's right. You need four successes. Sweet. So we each have two. So uh, Spacer and I working together can have a chance at four. So Spacer's going to have one because one person's helping you. Now, if one of the other assistants or Dr. Spatty helps, they can make a roll as well. Although she doesn't, she's not helping right now. <laughs> so we need another, we need another roller then. Yeah. So Kyle gets two because he's the main roller. You're assisting. So you get, you get, you give him, you get to roll one. All right. I want the German, need- the German. I'm going to yell at him. Uh, he's on the ship. Doodledorf. Oh, I thought he came with. Oh, oh, you mean uh, Lieutenant Commander uh, Tome? Tome. Oh. Yeah, Tome is with you. Oh, right. I thought we brought them both. All right. Well, uh, Tome, uh, get in here. He's got combat yeah. training. The, the androids yeah. always. Tome do. moves in real quick and also helps to, to rip. All right, we got we got a solution. All right, <laughs> roll all your dices. So twenties, right? All twenties. You're rolling one d twenty, Scott, and you have to roll thirteen or under. I don't. I this is good for this game. If we were playing D and D, I'd be screwed. I'm. I got a six. Nice. Yeah. I got a 20 and a one. All right. We got two. Oh, a one critical success. You get two successes for the one. Oh, so we have three and Tome also rolled a 13, which is good enough for him. So the three of you together, take a piece of the plant and just shear it off. Poof. And a poof of purple, like, like dust comes out. And then Dr. Sandoval blinks and goes, Oh, Thank you for saving me. <coughs> oh my, my head is spinning. And then he, he walks over and he sort of sits down. Captain Spacer, your comedic goes up. Adoyo to Captain. Uh, yeah, this is the captain. What the hell's going on? Uh, we've received a signal of uh, another ship entering uh, Ophion System Space. We need it on the bridge. Whoa. Um, uh,. Okay, well, we got a bit of a problem down here. Man, they need me on the bridge. Uh, doctor, will you please, l- please look after a uh, dude what just got eaten by a plant? Yeah, I'll look at him. He's feeling <laughs> relieved, though, so that's good. <laughs> um, doctor? You go okay. ahead. Doctor McGo- McGovern says, uh, takes a look at Dr. Sandoval and says, I think we should bring him to the sick bay, Dr. Spaddy. He's not looking very well. All right. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> you going to do some scans? You can do some scans or some poking around or what? <laughs> She'll do some the the preliminary scans just to make sure. Okay. All right. And if preliminary it's looking bad. Preliminary scan of Dr. Sandoval. Um, okay. Dr. Sandoval, where is where is your doctor status sheet? Right, that's going to be science, and I think insight is how you, you're going to be detecting. So, what we have here is eleven for insight and four for medicine. So you need to roll fifteen or under, and the difficulty of this is going to be zero. It's very easy to do. So you're rolling for momentum essentially. How many dice do I roll? Two, two d twenty. Cool, a twenty and a four. A 20 and a 4. So you get one momentum that you can use now to further enhance the result or to store for later. Let's use the momentum now just to make sure. Okay. So you conduct a thorough scan using your tricorder. Um, All of his uh, health systems seem to be fine. He's breathing okay. His cardiovascular system is running fine. However, um, you notice the presence of um, a foreign 
body of some kind in his um, nervous system. You're not quite sure what it is, but it seems to be spreading rapidly throughout uh, it. He doesn't appear physically ill, but there's there's the presence of something in his um, nervous system. You will you will need the on uh, the ship's uh, medical uh, scan, deep scanners to be able to determine more. The tricorder is not able to tell you. All right, looks like we're taking this guy in. All right, I'll slap my chest and go. Uh, uh, ben Kenobi, uh, six to beam up. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and Dr. McGovern before says that, wait, wait, Captain. Uh-oh. Belay that order. What? I wish to stay behind and study further. Uh, I'm, I'm not done yet down here. Did you, damn it, woman, did you see the stuff coming out of the ground and grabbing your leg and they almost killed Yoshi or whatever his name is? I know. Over here. I, <laughs> I, I'm sensing a lot of anger and frustration and fear. We're going to need to calm that down, Captain. I will argue that she stays on the planet because we got something in this guy's nervous system. I I don't know what it is. And we might need information from the planet to save his life. It's going to be. And then she'll turn to the guy. It's going to be okay. You'll be fine, kid. Okay, but I I don't. I'm not into this unless you got a a service detail, a protection uh, security detail down here. So. Uh, when I get back, I'm going to beam two of our best red shirts down here and they can hang out with you. So why can't we just leave the engineer guy? He's uh, big. Wait, who's that? Let me see who it is. Morrow. It's Kyle. Morrow. <laughs> oh, oh. not funny, but he likes to fight. Uh, I'll look at Morrow and go, uh, what do you say? Do you want to, can you stay and, and keep, keep, uh, keep an eye on things here? I, I can send the German guy later just to give you some backup. <laughs> I have permission to make uh, use of some of my my more specialty goods granted don't do, don't don't do anything against the prime directive but anything beyond that is fine all right he puts away his phaser and pulls out a bi- uh, bipolar torch which is basically like a plasma cutter and goes <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice all right it. all right uh five to beam up no uh however four or whatever it is <laughs> I don't know what number it is. Captain, take a deep breath. You got this. Take a deep breath. I'm sensing nervousness. So, me too. Right. I'm also everyone, happy. Everyone, I sense it on myself. Yes, sorry. Everyone but do- everyone but Chief Morrow and Doctor Sa- uh, Doctor McGovern and Doctor Stahl stay on the planet. So the three of them stay on the planet. You're going to guard them. And the rest of us Morrow beam up. and everyone else, you beam aboard. All right, we're back on the ship. All right. Um, so you make your way immediately off the turbo lift to the bridge. Uh, Dr. Spatty, you are beamed directly to sickbay with uh, Dr. Sandoval. Okay. So <clears throat> we're going to start with uh, Captain Spacer first. Captain Spacer, you get onto the bridge. <clears throat> Captain on the bridge. And um, the on the screen, you see that um, there's a ship... Uh, of an unknown make and origin. It looks sort of saucer-like and has these two large sort of like, almost looks like antenna, but they could be warp nacelles sort of off the top of it going whoom, whoom, whoom. And your first officer, or your number one, um, speaks to you and says, the ship has just warped into the system as of one minute ago. Open communication. It is, it is a bun- I didn't mean to hit uh, that. Open communication. Okay. <laughs> That's more of a com. Thing and I didn't mean to play it there. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the sound is for the open. Just open a hailing frequency, right? Yeah, open a open a hailing frequency. I'd say. Okay, uh, Lieutenant Cobot um, says to you, "We are attempting to hail them now, sir. Uh, we've received a response. 
Ah, oh, what? Would you like it on screen? Yeah, so take it to the main screen, please. All right, and so on screen, the video changes, and you see um, an alien species you've never seen before wearing a black robe and has a gray head and two large bug-like eyeballs and a little mouth sort of where the nose would be yeah. and antenna, and you hear, I'd look around me and go, What's wrong with the What's wrong with the Universal Translator? What the hell's going on? Uh, Lieutenant Cobot, your communications Romulan says, "We are attempting to um, try or not triangulate. We are attempting to learn the language now. It is taking the computer some time to establish a phonetic system that translates into English. One moment, please." And then to do that, he's going to need your assistance as he's working at the console trying to help the computer figure that out. Okay. Um, so from you, uh, you'll need to provide, um, do a, just do a command and presence uh, uh, role. You're, you're providing your moral support. Uh, and maybe you can have a speech along with that. All right, let's see. So let's give you, what's happening? Not a that's, the, that's the translator overeating. <laughs> this thing is losing its mind. Okay, whatever. I'll do it in a second. Um, I'm rolling a d20. Here you go. It's really annoying. 15? Okay. Um, what was your target? Sorry, command and presence. Is 15? Uh, command yeah, and presence. Okay, so it's success. So you can store that as momentum or not because... Let's store it. Cobot succeeded his role. So yeah, you can store keep it. That. All right, Are you keeping track of the momentum that we've stored? You, you have all that. I am. I'm writing it down. Yeah, okay. you're up to one momentum currently. Okay. All right. So um, Lieutenant Cobot says... Okay, I, I believe uh, we, it should be functioning. One moment. And then the tick-tock, tick-tock becomes, Greetings. I am Queely. We are of the Kulon, and we are in need of emergency assistance. We mean you no harm. Uh, Captain Greg Spacer of the Starship Ottawa. Uh, we can offer assistance, but need to know more about the problem. It is pleasing to meet you, Captain Spacer. Our sh- and and so um, who should do this? Sorry, I have to- <laughs> uh, hang on. There's a- who should do so this? Your your security chief, Lieutenant uh, Flex Reynolds, says, "Hey, uh, Commander, eh? I, I did a scan of the ship, and uh, it looks like they're if they had shieldings, it's down, and there's a there's a broken port nacelle there. All signs point to the the ship may have been under attack." Uh, alien being, we. Uh, what was his name? Did he tell us his name? Queely. Uh, Queely, uh, uh, Mr. Queely. Uh, we detect. Uh, we, we detect some problems over there. It looks like stuff we could probably uh, assist with. Or, uh, would you be willing to accept uh, our our assistance today? Yes, we have been attacked. We require assistance from the assailants. Who attacked you? We do not you? believe that we have lost them. Who who attacked you? Do you know? We do not know. We did not provoke an attack. We were just attacked. Are they still there? Um, or then here? Your, uh, your, your, your tactical, Gunter Schubert speaks up and says, Commander, <laughs> I have done a deep space scan and I found that there is a tachyon pulse out there. But no warp signature. My German is terrible. Find that ship, I'll say to, to Gunter. Or whatever his name I'm is. Performing the scan now. And so do your command and presence roll to give him an assist with okay, your order. Go. Command and presence. Good lord. Whoops. Shit. Hold on. Clear it. Don't save the roll. Thank you. 
There we go. So 15 or under on a d20. Ooh, 15, exactly. All right. You want to keep it to increase the results? Uh, use it now to, or keep it as momentum? Now, if I... So this is where I get a little confused about this. Because I rolled so close to the limit, this would it's be fine. a 15 case. 15 is a pass. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a binary pass. I don't need to... I can't help it. If I do more momentum, it's not going to really do me any good here. Right? It might. What would it do? Like so, mo- so momentum spending now increases the result. So if something does damage, it would do more damage. Right, but in this case, momentum. in this case, I'm just for scanning. Maybe not, but you don't know. Uh, I- I'll tell you if if it's not going to be worth anything. I'll just tell you it's not worth it to keep it as momentum. And you're so not. I'm not telling you that. But you're not saying that now. I'm saying that. I'm saying you can spend it now for better results. I'm going to spend it now for better results. Okay, perfect. All right, so um, you spend it. Uh, I have completed my deep space scans, and I found that there's there's something out there, Captain. There was a warp signature that emerged, and then it vanished. And I can't find I can't find the source. <laughs> we may not be alone. <laughs> All right, keep scans active and watch for whatever the hell that ship is while we try to take care of this. I need. Uh full uh, phaser array and uh, photon torpedoes ready to go at the sign of any aggression from anybody. All right. And then, um, all right. So we're going to pause the scene here as everyone gets to work obeying your command. We're going to go to Dr. Spatty. You've just beamed into the sick bay with Dr. Sandoval. He's lying on the bed and you're standing above the bed and you have um, attendants uh, present with you, your usual uh, medical officers along with you. Um, You have uh, Tracy, the Lieutenant Tracy, and you have Officer uh, Ming with you in the in in the room with you. Tracy Ming, I need you to do studies on things that attack the nervous system. I'm gonna scan this thing some more. All right, so now they have the medical bed where they put the sort of thing over top. You also have, like, these little things. <laughs> I don't know what the words are for any of this. You can, like, scan deeper in the mind, like, like put these little diodes on them and take a look on a medical device. So you're going you're gonna to do a scan. So let's go with your um, medicine and, and insight, okay? A nine and a three. Okay. Perfect. And I didn't declare the difficulty. Um, okay. So we're just going to, I'm going to let that slide because that's my bad. I should have declared the difficulty. Uh, you're successful in the scan. Um, you scan the central nervous system and find that there is a foreign neurotransmitter uh, circulating throughout the body. Uh, it's unclear what it is. It's, it's, it's something you've never seen before, but that seems to a mutation that seems to have adapted itself into its Dr. Sandoval's nervous system and appears to be functioning uh, doesn't like, the body doesn't appear to be rejecting it like Dr. Sandoval feels, looks dizzy but hasn't reported any major symptoms alright I need some information on how we kill cancers cause this thing doesn't belong in the body but we probably need to kill it Dr. Tracy says should I perhaps take his temperature yeah get all the basic data we can Okay, so Dr. Um, uh, Lieutenant Tracy uh, goes up and begins taking her temperature. um, And she reports back. She says, his temperature is fine. He seems perfectly healthy, Dr. Spotty. 
Don't tell me if he's perfectly healthy or not. You do what I say. Now look up cancers, look up uh, parasites, anything you can find. Okay, perfect. Um, so you begin looking. Uh, everyone begins researching what they can figure out what this might be. All right. Um, <clears throat> for uh, Let's make a roll for that research. So that is going to be, again, let's go with science. And let's go with reason. So 15 or under, the difficulty for this is going to be a five. So that means I roll five dice? You roll two dice. You have to get five successes. So you'll have to either cash in momentum, give me threat, or, or you know, maybe it's not going to work out because it's very difficult. Because this, this is an unknown um, biological thing that you're encountering so looking up known advice is probably not going to yield results but you may have a breakthrough of some kind so there is a chance you could succeed at it all right can uh, let's give you threat let's try that out okay so you're going to give me three threat how many threat do you want to give me let's do oh wait i forgot to actually hang on I forgot one of the rules about buying threat. The first dice costs one, the second dice costs two, the third dice costs three. So to get three dice, you're going to be giving me five threat. Six threat, sorry, six threat. Oh, that's a lot of threat then. Yeah. Um, then let's skip it. It's not... Okay, well you do the work, you can do the work and, and, and fail the, the check and still... Yeah, not be- yeah. Yeah, you're not able to determine what this is. You don't know what this is. Cool. In that case, she's going to start trying. Um, she's going to shock him a little bit. Just a little electric shock. Give <laughs> him electric shock. Okay. Uh, let's do a uh, medicine and um, control. So 15 or under. Uh, difficulty zero to shock him. Bringing out the oh. old methods there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, five and a seven. Okay, so you, it's a success. You don't need them, so you can store them as momentum, or you can use it to make the shock even stronger. Well, let's store them as momentum. We don't need okay. this to be a strong shock. We're just trying to see if there's a reaction. All right, you're up to three momentum as a party. Um, you shock him. <clears throat> and he goes, Doctor, what are you doing? You're quiet. That, that does not feel pleasant. I know, I'm sensing a lot of discomfort, but it's okay. You're going to be okay, kid. Now shut up. Okay. And she looks back at the screens to see if there was any response. Perfect. Okay. Um, We now go back to uh, Morrow, who's on the surface. Morrow, nothing much of event has happened down here. So um, McGovern continues doing her work and there's no sort of new things. But is there anything you wanted to do while this was occurring? Are you still standing guard? Yeah, I'll stand guard. I'll be looking around. Uh, You know, I have my little my little cutting torch engineering tool out in case any plants get closer. Maybe I can cauterize the ends or burn them off. So I'm very, very aware of the zone no. around us. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I had a cat meowing. You can yeah, talk yeah, all you want. Kid meow or a kid mommying. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, now tomorrow, um, Captain Spacer did promise to send two red shirts down, but nothing's shown up. You may wish to communicate with him on this issue or just leave it alone. <laughs> I'd have done it by now, but oh. I got I got up to the freaking bridge and there was already an alien distress call. I haven't had time. Yeah, that's fine, but 
uh, we'll let we'll decide if Merrill wants to deal with it or not. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my badge a slap and and call up to the captain. All right, say Merrill to captain. And Merrill to uh to captain. I'd go bit a bit. Uh, captain here, what's what's uh the, oh shit? I'm supposed to send you people. Sorry, hang on a second. R- requesting uh, the backup, you you uh. Yeah, my suggested. bad. It got weird up here, but I'll send two right now. It's uh two of our best security detail. Uh, Captain Spacer out, bleep, and I get and I get off the call, <laughs> okay. and then I will uh, I will um, tell. You could just send. You have a crew of like hundreds, so you could just send to. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell Gunter yeah. to do it because he's in charge of security. Well, gu- gu- yeah, Gunter is your um, t- t- tactical helmsman, like tactical guy. So yeah, you yeah. Him on the call. Oh, so yeah. he's not my security chief. Who's no, that? your security chief is Flex Reynolds. Flex Reynolds is on the ship. You okay. can just tell Flex to take care of it. I will tell Flex to take care of it. I'm delegating to Flex. Oh, I'm on it, Captain. Yes, sir. Sweet. And Thank Fle- you. Flex uh, Flex uh, puts it in order on his ship and on his console. And and uh, Marrows, you see two red shirts teletransport in next to you. Okay. <clears throat> there you go. Okay, perfect. Back to you, Captain Spacer. Um <laughs> So Queely's on the on the screen with you, yeah. And he and um, you, Gunther, uh, sorry, Lieutenant Schubert has just told you about traces uh, of warp signature, but no ship. Right. Okay. Now he's scanning to see if he can't find something, and then just as you're deciding what to do with the Kulon, um, hello, with the Kulon, uh, <laughs> you. you <laughs> <laughs> you see, decloaking off off the, the the right side of the ship, a bird of prey. Uh-huh. Oh no! Appears, and with that, we'll go to the break. <laughs> oh wait, that's us warping out of there. Never mind. The opposite of that. They just showed up. Okay, we're gonna take a break. When we come yeah. back, take ten minutes for yourselves, everybody. Uh, get yourselves taken care of. Feed that cat. Whatever you got to do. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Deal with the cat. If y'all need to pee, do it. We'll be back shortly. We're back for phase, phaser two <laughs> of today's one-off event. Um, Bo, Let's I, shoot I, the ship's phasers. I shoot. I throw it back to you, sir. Right. So, Captain Spacer, you're aboard the bridge when a bird of prey decloaks uh, on the view screen, and Lieutenant Cobot says, "Captain, the Klingon ship is hailing us." Open channels. On screen, you see a Klingon sitting in his captain's Klingon chair, looking all Klingon-like warship, and you see a deck, like a decorated-looking Klingon with you know the ridges and everything, and this gnarled face and scars all over his face, and he says, "Federation ship, this vessel belongs to the, sorry, the first of Cortesh. It is our mark." Please refrain from interfering, or you will face the consequences. Uh, Cleon Warship, this is Captain Greg Spacer of the USS Ottawa, and we've got a problem here. Uh, you, you seem to be attacking a ship that is helpless and unable to defend itself, and, well, we can't let that happen. So we would ask you to stand down, go on your way. No one need fight or have any additional interaction here. Captain Spacer, I am Veng, and this ship belongs to the... is a matter of Klingon Empire importance. You will back away. We are not in your Federation space. You have no claim here. 
Okay, quick question. Are we in the neutral zone? Are we... Um, yeah, you're in a neutral zone, right? You're, you're, you're exploring unexplored space, so you are in you are in neutral zone. So we're in a place where they... they we don't have treaties out here. Whatever, yes, whatever, but, yeah. you know, you still have treaties with the Klingon Empire. Opening fire on a Klingon ship may potentially cause... Yeah. It could be a declaration of war. This yeah, is, that could be a, not, a thing of war. This um, is not a <laughs> just shoot the problem away kind of situation. Necessarily. I mean, you're the captain. It's your choice. I'll get... What's his name? Kang? What was it? Kang. Vang. Vang. Uh, Vang, give me one moment, and I would kind of make this signal to to my communications officer to cut off audio for a second. All right, he cuts off the audio. And then I would turn around and say, how many souls abo- aboard the disabled ship? And I don't know who... Running it. a scan. And, and so, um, uh, Tome runs a scan on the ship and says... There are four life forms aboard the ship. Their shields are down. They would be available for transport. However, that might provoke the 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 Klingon Veng. And then um, he also suggests. He says, "Might I suggest as well beaming uh, Morrow back aboard? If we do encounter, uh, if, if things go awry and we do have to defend ourselves, we will need our chief engineer aboard the ship." Well, here's the problem. We can't just leave Dr. McGovern down there. And uh, he has, her, her... He has two... There are two ensigns below. This this situation would supersede the situation uh, below. All right. Bring... Bring Morrow up. Uh, Very good. And, and so I, will that's... Infor- I will instruct uh, Ensign Kenobi to beam him aboard directly <laughs> to bridge. You do that. And then, uh, in the meantime... I'm trying to get tricky here. So... All right. As you do that, though, Kano, uh, Mero, you beam aboard the bridge. Okay, straight to the uh, bridge. Yeah, beam straight to the bridge, I say, and then there he is. Sweet. Still have my little plasma torch out. <laughs> uh, I would say, um, I would then say, because we're on a time limit here, because I got this dude on hold. <laughs> I would say, is there any way, anybody here have any ideas on how we can get those four people off of that ship in a way that the Klingons won't detect. I, uh, I squint and look at the screen. Can I tell what damage the ship has received or what sort of... Uh, absolutely, you can do that. Just from an eyeballing it, you can use a skill check to roll a um, insight and engineering. So 7 plus 4 is 12. This will be a difficulty because you're looking at it on a view screen. This is a difficulty too. Okay. Uh, six and a sixteen. Okay, so uh, you you aren't you aren't able to tell exactly the damage except what you, anyone can see, which is there appears to be a crack in the rear side of the ship where the warp nacelles intersect, and it appears to be leaking out um, some sort of substance into the into the space. Looks like probably their impulse engines are down, and you, you weren't on the bridge when this information was there, but there's no shielding. Does the ship look special in any way? Like, um, uh, it's an alien ship that you haven't seen before, and I mean, you, you don't have the context because you just boarded the yeah. ship. So you won't, yeah, but uh, it, it it doesn't match any make of ship that you're familiar with. It looks very alien in nature. Uh, that's it's a, a real saucer cl- with two antenna-like nacelles at the back. Uh, that's a real collector's item, Captain. What's going on here? The tone before you speak, Captain Tome. 
might I suggest that you engage in a diplomatic uh, ruse uh, so that we might buy time to meet and discuss a strategy with more than just a few seconds? That's a good idea. Uh, Perhaps explaining to Veng that we have to consult with Starfleet before making a decision. This is a good idea. Uh, Put comms back on, I'll say. Uh, Cobot says comms are live. Uh, Vang, thank you for your patience. We are uh, discussing the best way to handle this. The problem is, as you may know, the Federation is big and very bureaucratic these days. A lot of red tape to dig through. And because we are in a, a quadrant of space and in a system that neither the Klingon Empire or Starfleet uh, have any claim to, uh, we have to we have to tread lightly on interacting with alien species or 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 folks like yourself so i need some time to commiserate with my people at at starfleet uh over subspace channels and that's going to take a little time all right so because this is a diplomat you're attempting to diplomatically persuade him we're going to use your command and presence uh that's a 10 and a 5 so and the difficulty for this because he's a klingon is three uh so you're going to have to roll at least 2d20 you can roll 2d20s but you have to get three successes so you may need to cash in some momentum uh, I can decide that after the two rolls though right that's right and um, you are you do have a focus in negotiations Mm -hmm. which means any success for you because this is a negotiation tactic uh, we'll stretch it a bit and say that's the case Um, you get you you get a score of two successes per roll no matter what it is you get a critical success on any Oh, packs. okay. Okay. So, so in theory, you could roll up to four with just your vanilla D twos, as long as you made successes. All right, here we go. But you may want you may want to have some insurance. Well, the insurance being using momentum. Yeah. Okay. So first rolls a three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's two successes. You that's need one more. Second roll is a natural one. Oh, so wow. Uh, you don't. I don't think you get an extra success for that. So you scored a total of five successes. Okay. Uh, which means you can bank two or use two to, to be even more effective. Um, I would say. Oh, geez. We need this to be effective. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and spend a a point. Okay. So we'll add one to the momentum pool, and you'll spend an extra point to be even more diplomatic. Okay. Venk considers your words. And he says. Yes, in my experience, it has been very... The outcomes have not been great when I have forced my discussions with Federation ships. You have one hour to leave the star system. Vang out. And then the communication cuts off. All right. Um... The bird of prey sits there looming over the alien Kulon ship. All right. Uh, advice from the crew. Uh, let me. Uh, I'll. I'll say, Maro. Your. What's your take here? I know you're just an engineer, but uh, any thought? Well, actually, we need your engineering mind. I, I want to figure out a way to get those people off of that ship and over here before the Klingons know it or have any idea that we did, and then we'll we will leave the system within the hour limit if we can pull this off. Could I uh, take a look at the scans in the 
in the bridge here and see if I can identify more about the ship using yeah, tools using and technology. Sense. Yep, you can do a sensor scan of the ship. So uh, let's say from an engineering perspective, you're going to use engineering, and then you'll use uh, insight. So 13 or under, uh, with a difficulty of zero. I got a two and an 18. Okay, so you have one additional momentum to spend now or to store? Uh, let's store it. Let's let's get that storage back off. You guys have five momentum now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That, that thing's bursting? Yeah, we got, yeah. we're, we're yeah. trying oh, yeah, no, no, hard. Spend it, spend it, spend oh, it, spend it. Spend. All right, so you do a, a more thorough scan of the Kulon ship. Um, you can tell that essentially the impulse drive is down, shields are down. Um, you do detect as well damage to what you're interpreting as life support systems may be limited, not severely damaged, but definitely not. Um, it will definitely become unstable within a day or so uh, if left unrepaired. Um, apart from that, the ship appears to be intact, uh, but it also doesn't knowing with your knowledge of the Klingon bird of prey, the ship is also severely outclassed by such a warship. Um, so it's be, it's clearly been hunted by this other one and wounded and sort of limping along. Uh, the other thing you do detect in your scans is a an unusual source of energy aboard the ship. Uh, you're not quite sure what it is, but it is located in a place where the engines aren't, and and so that that's of interest. But you don't, you, you can't describe what the energy is. Just an unusual reading of energy uh, in an unlikely part of the ship. All right, I'll, I'll say. Uh... Captain, uh, I don't think the people, what the Klingons are after here. Looking at the the data coming in, they've got some unusual energy readings. That ship has been thoroughly disabled. Um, the life support's still ticking. I think that they don't so much care about the individuals. Well, on the one hand, we could negotiate the the escape of these, the, these, this crew, and move them here, and give them the ship, knowing that whatever they want is there and has nothing to do with the people anyway. But we may be handing a massive potential weapon or technology to the Klingons that they would use to disrupt peace in the galaxy. I agree. So. I got a real Kobayashi Maru going on here. I think our best bet might be to me and the good doctor head on over, making sure uh, whatever that energy is isn't a weapon of any kind before we go giving it away. All right, I have a plan. I like that. That's uh, we're gonna we're gonna go that way. Uh, uh, comms officer, please get uh, Kang or whatever his name is back online. Uh, Vang, get me get me get me Vang again. Hailing Veng, says Kobot, your Romulan communications officer. The, the on-screen Veng appears. What? Uh, good commander, uh, we're, we, we, we ha- may have a solution to get everybody kind of what they need here and still be gone within the hour that you've given us. Um, I'm going to teleport or beam over two of my crew who will assess the needs, both medically and otherwise, of the crew that is still there. No transports, Captain. The contents of that ship belong to the Klingon Empire. Those people have no reason to be in your in your crosshairs. Those people are thieves, and they are without honor. They have stolen from the 
uh, what do they call this thing? The f- they have stolen from the first of Cortesh, and they will pay the price with their lives, and we will reclaim our stolen merchandise. So the items they You are have, asked to leave and not interfere. They have in that ship items that you own. This is stuff from that was stolen from the Klingon Empire. Is that what you're telling they were, me? Uh, they were stolen from the, fir- the the Temple of Kortesh on the planet of Sepith. They belong to the Klingon Empire. Well, we have no desire to take anything that belongs to you. We only seek to spare the lives of those aboard that ship. And yeah, uh, yes, they yes, may... the Federation's sense of justice. <laughs> they may not have honor, as you say, and they may not have any worth to you. Therefore, let us take them. What, what will it hurt? And we'll give them uh, a proper vetting and possible uh, trial within the Federation if they've done wrong. Yes, clearly Federation thinking. Give thieves an award for the committing their crime. This is not the Klingon way. They have committed crimes against Klingon laws. They will be punished in the Klingon way. They will die in combat. Well, I happen to know that Klingons... Though sometimes brutish, <laughs> Captain's face are cleaning his nose. Yeah, clean his nose. <laughs> even though, even like, though Klingons, <laughs> even though Klingons seem to be brutish on the outside, uh, you have a strong sense of uh, law and order, and you don't just summarily execute those who have done wrong until you have proven them to be guilty in a court of Klingon law. So, knowing that, I don't understand why you would just summarily uh, kidnap these people or kill them or uh, otherwise, you know, rub them out. Oh, interesting. So you're making an insight. Let's use your um, let's use your command and insight to see if you get a okay. flash of brilliance here. Because I was uh, uh, so I saw Star Trek a, 6. I know what's going on. Yeah. So, so uh, your command insight is 9, your command is 5, so the goal is 14 or under. 14 or under. Uh, difficulty of 2. Okay, uh, I'm going to ensure that by using one of my momentums. Oh, you're going to burn a momentum? Yep. All right, you're down to three. And I need to roll just one or two here. Well, th- yeah, you can roll three because you're burning a momentum. Oh, right. You can roll okay. three, three d20s. 14 for the first one. Mm-hmm. Five for the next one. Mm-hmm. Third roll, nine. Man, I All love right. rolling low for this game. You get so yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm doing the momentum right, but you got an oh no, it was two. So you have an extra momentum. I guess you can throw it back in the pool, or you can use it. Oh, uh, I'll throw it in the back in the pool. I guess. Okay, yeah, that's a weird thing that makes me feel like I'm not doing things right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me use it and put it right back. We'll I'm figure like, it I don't out. know about this. Um, all right, so uh, there's a sense to you because you're in neutral uh, space mm-hmm. that it it's possible that they are not exactly presenting uh, you with the best all of the information regarding the Klingon Empire in this and in, in this scenario. Meaning you may be aware that the Klingon courts have laws about the way they do things but these Klingons appear to be behaving in a way to suggest that they are taking matters into their own hand and maybe a little bit rogue. They're, they've gone rogue. Okay. Uh, the Klingon Empire not known necessarily for its uh, Unification, right? A lot of infighting, a lot of clans and factions, and and you don't know the whole story here, but they seem insistent on on fooling you. Okay, in light of that, 
um, I would I would motion to cut comms for a second and just say um, I believe they're lying and this is going no other way except perhaps a confrontation I believe we need to get those people out of there first have them here shields up and then prepare for the for a potential strike your Romulan communications officer speaks up and suggests to you perhaps you should contact Starfleet and find out if they can communicate with the Klingon Empire and have them stand down that way they will not listen to you but perhaps they will listen to their Klingon betters alright I'll signal for the comms to come back up I would say Mm -hmm. uh, Commander Vang we will continue to adhere to the timeline as presented I will contact you back uh, later and then hang up on him. Okay. <laughs> hang up on him. He goes, bah! Yeah. <laughs> um, and then okay. I would do just this. I would say, please put a line to the, to the Klingon or to the, uh, to, to Starbase or Starbase, whatever it is closest to us, have them relay the message, all the right channels, talk to the Klingons, see what's going on. On it, Captain, says Cobot. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to return to Dr. Spaddy and, and sick bay. Uh, Dr. Spatty has been researching with her assistants to find something. She's not been able to find anything alike. Um, however, uh, you do sort of have the sense, you know, plants can, um, you, you do have the sense in looking things up that plants can release spores. And so there's some sort of clearly whatever this vine creature on the planet uh, did was what is responsible for this foreign body in Dr. Sandoval. Um, so it's just a question of identifying what it is and finding a way to counteract it at this point. Now, well, as you, as you've been researching, uh, Dr. Uh, Lieutenant Tracy has been minding the patient directly. And f- as you've been researching, what interrupts your thought is you, you hear a, you hear a strange commentary from Dr. Sandoval. He says, greetings. It is happiness to see you. He says, Oh no. And then she'll swivel around in her chair. <laughs> Don't tell me you're the planet. And then, and, and then, as, as as you swivel around your chair and look at Doctor Tra- Lieutenant Tracy standing over Doctor Sandoval, um, little uh, these little things, um, these, these little stalks protrude from his nose and mouth as he says that, and then a burst of purple cloud hits uh, Lieutenant Tracy, and she goes, "Oh!" She breathes it in. Oh. oh, that was a bad, bad move, Tracy. All right, and she's gonna move away. She's gonna go get uh, uh, if there's a respirator, yeah, so that yep. she doesn't bring this, breathe the spores in, and then she'll go back over to the <laughs> the patient. All right, are you gonna harm this body that you're in? Uh, you're saying that to Tracy or to to Sandoval? Sandoval. I don't think Tracy's turned yet. Sandoval turns his head to you and he says, "Greetings. It is happiness to see you." Yeah, yeah. And it's then, happiness and then, to see you too. Is and then stalks. And then stalks burst out of his nose and 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 mouth, like just like uh, his appendage just uh, comes out, and these two things come out and poof in your face. Now you've got your gas mask on or your your respirator on, um, but we still have to do a save roll, so you'll get resistance because of that. Um, let's do a. Uh, a medicine and a fitness rule. I, <laughs> I don't know how to do saving throws in this game. <laughs> I will just say your well, no, do the roll because we can do mental. We'll, we'll give it a difficulty of one. Uh, and yeah, go medicine fitness. Uh, five and a three. 
Okay, perfect. So you can store that momentum, one of those momentum. Yeah, let's store the momentum. Back to, you're up to five. All right, so you quickly, um, you stand your ground and the respirator takes it. And uh, Sandoval begins looking at you with a very happy face. And as you detect his feeling with your Betazoid abilities, you detect that he seems peaceful, happy, and curious. And he's smiling at you greatly. Um, Lieutenant Tracy turns around and wanders off outside of the sick bay. Oh, no, 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 no. You, Tracy, you get back in here. She and then she'll listen. she'll physically go over to Tracy, grab them by the arm, back into the sick bay, and then she'll lock the sick bay door. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Tracy, or, uh, Tracy turns to you and says, Greetings, it is pleasing to meet you. And then the stalks come out of her face and go poof in your face again. <laughs> that was a lot faster. <laughs> okay um, so that's the situation in sickbay uh, right we return to Captain Spacer and Maro you've joined Captain Spacer uh, in his captain's room as the channels opened up to to uh, to Starfleet and so uh, an admiral appears uh, on your view screen Captain Spacer this is Admiral um, Tengshin Admiral Tengshin here Captain Spacer what news from the front Admiral uh, we have a bit of a situation here, and it's a little time sensitive. Uh, Go ahead. I need you, or someone with your authority, to get in touch with the Klingon Empire and find out if the Warbird, whatever the number is I can see on the side of the neck of the thing, uh, is on official Klingon business in this part of the sector, or if they are uh, a rogue element within the Empire. And he looks to his computer and he says, I'm receiving the information and telemetry from USS Ottawa now. It seems you have a bird of prey there. We will look into this matter for you and respond. How much time do you have? About 45, I don't know, is it about 45 minutes? About 50 minutes, yeah. About 50 minutes until we have agreed to leave the area before shooting starts. Understood. We'll and I'll fill him in. Suit. I'll fill him in on all the details. Like we've got the ship; it's got other people yeah. in it. There, the such and such is. We have people on the planet still. This is all like a real tight situation. And the admiral says, "These Kulon. Do, do you know why they are here? Do you know what the Klingons are after? Have you asked the Kulon?" Uh, n- no. <laughs> Please no. do so and send that information along as well. It could be relevant. All right, I'll get that right away and uh, relay that t- the information to you while you uh, while you make your contacts. All right, tension out. Bleep. And I Bleep. hang up. All right. My thick computer screen. What do you, what do, you do next, Captain Spacer? Now I'm going to go out into the... Uh, whoops, that's wrong. I'm going to go out the door and out into the main uh, the, the, the deck thing there. Uh, please get me the, the, the disabled chip on comms again, please. I'll say to the Romulan. Raising a channel, says Cobot. All and right. Queely uh, is appearing back with his big bug eyes here and his mouth here, and he goes, Greetings, one they call Spacer. Queely, why I need to know quickly, to it's for your safety to know this. Uh, why are you here, and what are you carrying? We bring gifts to Ephemari. Or Emfari. We bring gifts to Emfari. You say it like that, so I'm suspicious, or was that just you? Yeah, okay. that's how he, no, that's how he says it. That's we bring we gifts it. to Mfari. So Mfari will be merciful this year. I'll look at Tome. Is it Tome? Yeah, uh, Tome. Uh, with a look that says, 
quick, find all you can find on this Emfari. What the hell all is right, that? And Tom goes hyperspeed. Roll your command and presence roll. All right, here it comes. Six. <laughs> okay, you can start as momentum or cash it in now. Uh, let's cash it in. All right. Actually, you should probably store it. There's oh, nothing extra. Okay, there's nothing That's extra. Bad. That's my right. bad. You have we'll six momentum it. now. I'll store it. Captain, there are no entries on Infamari in the Starfleet database. Oh, Infamari, back, rather. Back to the screen and just say, uh, what is this Infamari? Is it a god? Is it your emperor? What is it? The Emfari favor us, so long as we bring them their Bacholum. I'm sorry, Bacholum crystal. We give Bacholum crystal to Emfari. Emfari favor Kulon. Hold on, are the Emfari the plant uh, creatures on this planet here that we're all orbiting? Plant creature. Emfari are the gods of Kulon. The the Emfari favor the Kulon. The Kulan honored the Amphari with crystal. Where is the Amphari? Amphari is below on planet. <laughs> we have arrived at the great Amphari world. Is there a way to insight whether I think it's the plant-based organism down there? Yeah. Since he's not saying... He's a dumb. Maybe you can just ask a clarifying question. Okay. Um, are the Infari? Are they? They are. They are the great leafy green creature that covers this much of this planet. The Kulon do not gaze upon the Infari. We do not know the shape and f- uh, shape of the Infari. So you only get. We as will far- give the crystal to the planet. So and you, the Kulon will be favored. You just poop it through the atmosphere and then send it down there. Is that what you do? What is poop? <laughs> <laughs> what is pooping? You you jettison your gifts through the atmosphere. Oh, no, 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 no. We do not excrete crystal. We deliver crystal. Right, but when you do, your ship sends it through this atmosphere. Yes, sending, sending. We okay. sending safely, delicate. Okay, just hold not, on. Not poop. I'll hold on a moment, and I'll <laughs> tell them to cut the thing. All right, so the green thing, they think it's their god, and whatever they stole from the Klingons, or the Klingons claim they stole, is the gift that they've brought for their gods, which really is just this plant creature that tried to kill our crew. So, uh, I still think we maybe need to teleport them over here whether they want to or not and let the Klingons have at it and let Starfleet and, Kl- and the Klingon Empire f- deal with it, f- figure it out on their own. At that moment, can uh, Spotty call in? Yep. Captain. Uh, uh, yes, this is Captain uh, Spacer. Who's this? Captain, yeah. take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Read you're my supposed, mind you're supposed tell to say who name to name. Oh yeah, Spotty the captain. Oh okay, hello. Uh, he, she's, he, he's redressing you for your your manners on the communicator. Oh, uh, then I'll say he uh, can read my mind. Spe- Why are we wasting time? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who can read whose mind? 
You guys can talk. Oh, to each other because you're, you're, oh, oh, you're half okay. Betazoid and she's Betazoid. I forgot about that power. Okay. Uh, but what? So I guess I. What is it? What do you need? Look, look at this, and then she'll swivel the camera to the talking plant people. Yep. So the camera now shows sick bay, and they're they're Doctor Sandoval, Lieutenant Seng, and also now Officer Meng are walking around with stalks coming out of their nose and mouths going, greetings, it is happiness to see you. And they're, tr- they're trying to, like, hug and, you know, be nice to Dr. Spotty, who's wearing a mask. And, are you in uh, any danger from these, these, uh, these I'm things? doing fine, but if they get out, it could be a heap of trouble. Like, they were infected on the planet, so we got to do something. All right, hold on. I hit my Wait. thing and go, uh, security... Uh, security level, whatever the thing's on, go down there. We need a couple of people to security. No. no, no, we don't want security in this room unless you want more people walking around like this. Okay, just stay on the out. Whoever goes down there, stay on the outside and guard the door. Don't let anything in or out. Hey, Wait, doctor, captain, what, eh? what, go ahead. What you, go ahead. What are you saying, doctor? I'm saying that the planet's talking through these schmoes. Ask oh. them if they know how to poop. That might Do be you useful. know how to poop? <laughs> Greetings. It is happiness to see you. I'm sensing happiness. That's about it. All right. Ask them if they know what's going on up here and if they have any ideas. They know it's happiness Uh, to meet people. That's about it. You said they're acting contagious. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got this mask on. They say hello, it's happy to meet you, and then they infect you. Uh, tomb? Or is the doctor's quarters well ventilated? This is a good point. Um, we probably should cut off the ventilation to that room and restrict it only to a specific vent to ensure they have air if there's a solution for this. Yeah, uh... Also, get your masks on. But yeah, let's let's get an emergency going out here, Captain. We got we got an airborne moving through the system. Uh, yeah, I agree. Do that. Okay. I need to communicate with these beings, though. All right. So, do you send a yellow alert, a red alert? Yeah, I'll say. All right, yellow alert. Uh. And uh, Kobot yeah. says, I've opened a channel to the entire ship. You may wish to deliver the news yourself, Captain. Spacey. Okay. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, no need for alarm, other than I guess there's an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't freak out about the alarm that's going off. But uh, uh, well, we've got a bit of a situation. Uh, we have a foreign. Uh, a foreign material agent something in the in the ship it is currently isolated to uh the med bay please do not go near that keep that keep that entire deck clear uh other than the security who will be making sure that the outer door is uh shut and uh uh, watch yourselves Uh, everyone keep a phaser on hand and uh you may want to confine them to quarters unless necessary that's a great idea everybody stay in your quarters Unless you absolutely have to. Unless you've been told by your supervisor otherwise, stay in your freaking quarters. Captain out. Bloop. All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> all right, Spotty's still on screen. Or Spotty's still in the communicator and on screen. All right, I would say um, we need to communicate with these beings more than just hello, I'm happiness to meet you. We gotta. We need to know what their their intent is. 
And All also- right, let me think at him real hard. And then she'll kind of close her eyes and look like she's trying to squeeze one out. So, well, <laughs> some of the options you have, Doctor Spotty, would be you could beam out of the sick bay once they're in there, and you could also um, you could also put the I can't remember what they call it, but you can knock them out uh, as something that you can try and do. Uh, cool. Uh, so she'll try and talk with them telepathically first, then she'll uh, say, "All right, you guys have fun being happy with one another. I'll see you in a bit." And then yeah, you don't you don't out. detect anything any way to converse with them telepathically any differently than that. So to knock them out, we need to use medicine and control for the device. So let's do a difficulty. They're 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 not very combative. They're very friendly and peaceful. So we'll do a difficulty one just because they are kind of insisted on putting spores uh, out. So yeah, a nine and a nine. Okay, perfect. So uh, you can store momentum or use it uh, now if you wish. Actually, we're at max momentum, so. Oh, there's a there's a cap, is there? Yeah, it was a cap of six. Okay. So you you put everyone out. You go. You take the thing. You go, and then gently lay them into the bed while the other ones are harassing you. You're like, okay, come on, and you you lay them all out. And now you could beam out, or you could stay in the sick bay. It's up to you. No, she'll beam out. She'll beam out. Okay. To the let's let's just take you to the bridge where the action is. All right. So you beam to the bridge. So what I want to do, life support. Yeah. So you got you, the, Yes, you're gonna. Ha- you wanted to reroute life support, right, to make sure it's sort of that they're breathing, but they're not sharing the ship's air, correct? Yeah. However, may, like if if it's got an hours on it, particularly if they're asleep, they might last a long time. So you know, you'll be able to. Well, we'll see. It depends on the difficulty. So let's do a an engineering and reason. Uh, role to figure out what the engineer like what will require design wise to make this happen with the existing engineering computer on the bridge um, do you have no you don't have a special focus in in ventilation systems um, so so anyways we'll make this a baseline difficulty of two however there'll be additional effects for uh, how much time of air they'll have based on how many successful roles you have all right. I got an eight and a seven. Okay, that's two successes. Uh, and so you're able to, um, <clears throat> what you're able to do is engineer a solution whereby air gets routed to the sick bay and it gets recycled and doesn't contaminate with the rest of the air. However, in conducting this, you do realize potentially some spores may have gone out in the regular air supply. But you can't be certain where or when or how. Uh, your estimate would be a matter of time before somebody outside the sick bay becomes infected, potentially. Cool. Then I, I will. I will say there to the captain. Captain, I uh, recommend that anyone not confined to quarters is uh, is put on oxygen if possible. All right. I'll convey that message to. I'll, I'll do another shipwide hoo ha and tell everybody. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, you can just... Con- so not everything has to be announced over the captain's things. You can give an order to your communications officer to send that memo to everyone. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll say, uh, I'll say, hey, Romulan, who normally nobody trusts, I, you're great. Do, you take care of it. All right. So Co- Cobot takes care of it. It, it is true. He is um, negatively regarded among us law the ship as being somewhat of an anomaly. In yeah. fact, the only Romulan enlisted in Starfleet. Um Okay, uh, perfect. So you send out that that request. Now, what were we doing before? Oh, you guys were trying to figure out what to do with the coulons. 
Uh, and by the way, Dr. Spotty's now aboard the, the, the bridge. Okay. He takes a seat next to you. Your number one is on your left. Dr. Spotty's on your right. All right. I still like my plan of beam them over and then brace for reaction. Because if all they truly want is what's on that ship, here's what we should do. Oh, I got it. I got it. We beam them over. And at the exact same time, Tactical gets a lock on the ship with the stuff in it that they that the Klingons want. And we open up a channel with them and say, if you fire on us, we will we will eviscerate their ship and everything that's on it. Which means whatever it is you're after will be lost. So basically I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them hostage a little bit and say So you you're gonna you wanna beam over the coulons and that's it? Nothing else? No, I wanna beam the coulons over and lock on the Kulon ship to destroy it so that when the Klingons get all worked up, we can say, you know, we basically have a gun to their friend's head and we're saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to blow this up and destroy it and everything that's on it, meaning your stuff that you're all after, your stolen stuff, it'll be destroyed too unless you just let us leave. If you let us leave, okay. you can have the ship and what's in it. So when you transport them, they may be able to do a scan to detect if there's life signatures and know that you've beamed them aboard your ship? Well, they would know, they would be able to detect us beaming from one ship to another. Like in Star Trek, everybody can always detect everybody doing shit out there. Yeah. So they would know that we've done, that we've moved the life signs from the Kulon ship over to our ship. And their reaction will be to fire on us as a result. And, And my answer to them will be, well, if you do that, then I blow the ship up with the stuff on it you're so worried about. Okay. Do you have any concerns about Klingons welcoming battle? Um, yeah, you, but I. You want to go for? I'm I'm making the bet that they, what's on that ship matters more to them than the fight. Okay, very good. Um, okay, so you'd like you explain this plan to your crew, yep. and uh, they understand that that's the plan. Uh, just let me know when you're ready to execute. Any mutinies or anything? Everyone good? <laughs> No, everyone everyone says yes, sir. It's an emergency situation, so the talk back is at a minimum. Okay. Uh, all right, we're ready then. Okay. Uh, you'll have to communicate with Ensign uh, Kenobi. Ensign Kenobi, uh, beep, beep. I say, um, <laughs> I literally say, beep, beep. No, I don't do that. I say, uh, Mr. Kenobi, please beam the life forms abo- aboard that ship to directly into a holding uh, cell, one of those, uh, you know, the ones that have all the... the um, energy fields the brig. around him. The brig, yeah, whatever the ship, the equivalent of the brig is. We're going to put him in there. Uh, beam him over. So beam him directly into the brig. Um, you hear the following in response. Greetings. It is pleasing to meet you. Oh, shit. Oh, no. He's taking that's over? The, that's, the pla- that's the planet. Ah, oh, Kenobi, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course he got it. Now the end, it, um, you know, uh, Maros could control transport from the bridge. You, you have that option. Yeah, we can go point to point. Well, that's what we'll do. So I'll turn. Uh, Captain, aren't you worried they might get infected if we bring them over? Well, here? that's why I'm saying we got to stick them in the brig. They should be fine. That's all. That's all airtight in there. They should be fine. Yeah. Uh, Captain, the exact problem is nothing's airtight in this situation. <laughs> I'm trying to trace how the air got from sick bay to the transporter room okay um it probably just made it out in general air before the air situation was solved uh you know you can sort of you can trace an exact you know 
pathway from sickbay to transporter room easily. But uh, you, you were just not in time. You were not informed yeah. in time. Plus, Kenobi's a, a, a class A dipshit. He probably just touched something he shouldn't have or whatever. Well, no, no. You literally just breathe and you got it. <laughs> I don't like Kenobi either, but I'll, I'll stand by. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, then we'll, weasel. <laughs> we'll do a ship to ship transport. <laughs> ship to ship transport. Put them in the brig. It's still safer and better because we don't know what they've. We haven't been able to like vet them either. We don't know what they have, what they're carrying, what they could give us. All that. It's just better that they're put in that kind of quarantine. So we're gonna right. go from ship to ship with them. I then we'll tell tactical. Can we just run the the thing to the planet and feed it to the planet, and maybe our people will be freed? Run the th- oh, I see what you mean. Well, we have to wait. We have to gauge the reaction of the Klingons before we can do anything. So I mean, we'll be off the ship. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> so all right, let's do this. We're beaming them. We're putting them in jail. We're gonna then tactical. You need to lock on to their ship. Not the Klingons. The whatever ship it's called. What are they called again? The Coulon. The Borg Nines. The Coulons. Coulon. Lock on to the Coulons. As if you are going to destroy it and unload on it. And then we wait for the Klingons to respond. All right. So, um, tomorrow, that's your cue. So you can tell tomorrow what to do. All right. So, tomorrow, because he's tactical. Wait, what is he? Well, tomorrow's not tactical. Tomorrow's chief engineer, but he can take over for transport. All right. He also has a specialization. One of his focuses is in transporters and replicators. So, he's your man. All right. Then I would tell him to, to, to initiate that. And, this, and the simultaneous lock-on that we have to plan in order to make this work. Now, the thing is, in Star Trek lore, you have to pull your shields down to teleport anybody in or out. So shields can't be up while you're doing beaming. Once the beam is through, you can throw them back up again, but there will be a brief window of no shields mm. to get them over here for as long as that beam yeah, see, this is This is what I mean. Though. I'm just pausing here because the Wraith in the chat is like no Star Trek quarantine protocols and I'm just remembering, oh yeah, don't they put energy shields Oh yeah, I've never the- actually <laughs> really watched Star Trek. I'm just playing a fake game with a fake well, no, story. I, I would have <laughs> suggested... Chad, good job. <laughs> I would have suggested it too because I was like, oh yeah, they do that all the time. I was like, oh well, whatever. Yeah, those, those Card lead is a card played. We're rolling with it. That's why I'm um, saying anyways, the, the thing with the, the, the brig. It's, it's an answer to that even though the you know, whatever it's. Uh, again, we can blame Kenobi because he's a dipshit. It's fine. Well, he screwed up. While we're while we're table talking, weren't you going to call back Starfleet once you got information from the ship we're about to steal from? I was, but uh, everything's firing at once, and I don't know if I can wait for their slow ass response because it's <laughs> all right, Captain Spacer's take Spacer's, me an alpha. Yeah, Spacer's like, all right, we got to grab this bull by the horns because what else are you going to yeah. do? I can't sit around looking at my watch. I got We got to make action. And they can still answer it because what will happen is this can all happen and go down and the confrontation with the Klingons will start. And then we, if we get word from Starfleet, perfect time to go, well, we heard back from Starfleet. They say the Klingons, blah, 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 whatever. But you all know. you talked about was Starfleet. You didn't realize there was a contagion aboard your ship. That's increased the emergency level. Yeah, that's made everything yeah. accelerate. Yeah. That, that, I've, we've, we've boiled, the pot is now boiling. Yeah. All right. So um, you're up, Maros, for your. You, you have to use the controls. So you'll be making a roll to make sure this is a finesse thing. You got to send them to the bridge. It's a difficulty of two, and you're trying to do it so that it's not detected. So the more successes that you expend, the less likely the Klingons are to detect your fine handiwork. 
of okay. transportation. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't object with the captain, but I would be aware that lowering our shields is a pretty big sign to the Klingons that we're doing the thing we said well, we wouldn't do. They're not raised yet. Captain hasn't raised the shields. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, they, they'd be raised the oh, whole oh, time. The shields, shields were never raised. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. I didn't hear an order to no, raise No, 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 no. The, sh- the shields should nice. be... I would have raised shields. When that, nope. once we're done with any beaming, like once we got the doctor, she's she's point wait, to point. Wait, wait, anyway. no, we don't want to redcon this to make it harder, Scott. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no shields. Shields aren't up. You're good. All right. Well, then I would say, yeah, shields are down while you do the teleportation. They immediately go up when you're done. Yes, that's that would be part of it because you're gonna you're gonna raise shields after he's done and then arm weapons to shoot the coolant. Okay, so, okay, correct. cool. We are we are getting to the shields part, but he okay, never raised. Cool. Usually in a show, the bird of prey shows up and you go shields up. Holy shit, it's bird of prey. Yeah, but we didn't, which is great. Which makes it uh, means I don't have to yeah. like fake the shields or anything like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna haul through a bit of this uh, saved up momentum and use two of it. Okay, perfect. And uh, for this tactical move. We're going to go with engineering. Oh, no, it's a con. So this is a console. This is piloting the ship and stuff like this. So it's going to be a con plus Sweet. control. So this is about using control like so with precision, like, like doing the slider, pushing these buttons over here and like this. Control awesome. and con. Yeah, I've got a 15 in that. That's great. Uh, do I get anything for my focus since I'm focused in transporter? Yes, each and success rep- counts as two successes. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm going to let these dice roll. I got a 5 and a 19, mm-hmm. a 7 and an 18. So, okay, so two so successes, four, meaning four. Four successes, because they're all you get crits on any successes, because it's your focus. Okay, great. So you only needed a two to six, successfully, successfully... Oh, my God, my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you only needed two successes to successfully perform the transport. But because of the additional expenditure of momentum, you were able to, um, you cashed in two momentum, right? Right. And if I can use that, I'd love to isolate the air in the brig so that we're not taking them into. Yeah. Oh, you raise a force field. The brig has additional force fielding allowing. Cool. It's air still has to pass through it, even though there's a force field. So, but the energy shield will provide it with like prophylactic measure as, um, you know, for the spores. Uh, so Yes. You were able Excellent. to, with great precision, lock onto them. Transport. Can we get a transporter sound? Uh, transport yeah. the 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 coulons to the brig, and there's no reaction from the ship. However, quickly thereafter, uh, you want to do some things, Scott, like ray shields and arm yeah, ray shields. The, the arming should have already happened or started when we when as soon as we hit transport, the arming of things and the locking on. You'd want to do that all at once. It was a coordinated effort. All right, so right. Your, your tactical says photon torpedoes armed. Right. Okay. Shields. Oh, it's the German guy. The photon torpedoes are armed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> boy. All right, then I would say. <laughs> We've got the photon torpedoes armed. I would then say. Locked onto the Kulan ship. I'd say, well done, Lieutenant. Uh, raise shields. Shields raise, Captain. Open a open a communication signal. Wait for the Klingons Opening to say communica- something. Open a hailing frequency to Veng. Yeah. What is the meaning of this, Captain Spacer? There's no meaning to anything. The ship is still there, and uh, we've we are we are preparing to leave. My sensors detect that you've locked on your photon torpedoes to the Kulan oh. ship. Um. At this moment, uh, I'm gonna telepathically reach out to the captain. 
right. <laughs> Incoming message, brain message. Okay, I feel a little tickle in the back of my head. I'll listen. Uh, and she'll suggest teleporting spores onto the ship if they can. <laughs> Actually, this is. She'll think that at Morrow too. This is <laughs> okay. You, you hear? You hear? Uh, the problem is we can't teleport. Mind. We can't teleport anything into the Klingon ship with their shields up. The Klingon shields uh, are up. Yeah, yes. they're not going to let us in. But I'd love that idea, though. I would love to give them this spore. But maybe there's a way you could convince them to lower the shields. Like, what if? This is just table talking here, but what if you wanted to give them the prisoners? You said, I'll oh, we'll give you the prisoners, and then you give them the spores instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. So let's think for a second. Um, well, I'll answer his question first. Having heard her suggestion and liking it, I will say, Vang, we're locked on that ship and prepared to destroy it if you take any retaliatory action against us. He, he strokes his beard and he goes, What are you after, Captain? This is not like Starfleet. We're after nothing. We're after a peaceful resolution to this confrontation and our safe exit from this system. All within we have, the time... I being. have told you there is no safe resolution but the surrender of this ship to our control. You can soon have that. I'm just saying, don't do shit or else I blow it up and then you've lost your precious stolen cargo. So do not fire upon us. If you fire on the Ottawa, there will be nothing but hell to pay. Here and back in Starfleet and uh, Empire-controlled space. I am losing patience, Captain. I Clearly. But I mine are all gone as well. Here's all you have to do. You've got the <laughs> ship. You raise your shields. We raise our shields as a good uh, act of faith. And you can have whatever's on that ship. And at that point, we will make the peaceful transfer of our... Um, how do I put this? this? This is the really important part to say. We will, we will make the peaceful transfer of our captives from that ship and send it back to you. Directly to your bridge. And you will have both. You will have both them. And I'm seeing. Notice I'm being vague about who, how I'm describing them. We have two kinds of captains on the ship right now. One's in spore form, and one's some dudes in the brig. They think oh, I'm yeah. going to send them the brig dudes. I'm suggesting we send them whatever they think I'm sending them. But really, it'll be teleport a bunch, a shitload of spores into the bridge and f them all up. That, okay, that's the plan. So, but I don't tell him that. So I say that's what we would do, and it would be an it would be an act on both our sides of of goodwill to raise our shields to make that exchange then we've had our chance to to look them over pass them back to you you get the ship and whatever's on it and we let the empire and the and starfleet work it out you have the fugitives aboard your ship we definitely have foreign fugitives abo- aboard this ship and then you hear him go talk kuta and he, he gets up and he, he takes a blade and he cuts the, the the neck of a Klingon next to him. Ha! You have transported them un, you have transported them to your ship without our knowledge. Well played, Captain. You will not get the best of me a second time. Do we have an agreement? What do you get in return for transporting the captives? 
We also require the crystal. We end up with safe safe exit from this place. And it's all we ask. You have whatever you want at that point. I do not understand you, Captain. We promised you safe exit if you left the ship alone, and yet you involved yourself further. We don't believe you. That's why. Never met a Klingon I could trust. Every Klingon I've ever worked with. dogs. (laughs) Trust Starfleet to screw up an easy agreement. The only Klingon. Very well. If you have the captives, we will take them. And the crystal. Lower your shields, and I'll begin the transfer. Power down your photon torpedoes. As an act of goodwill, I'll do just that. And I won't lower my shield yet, but I will power down the photon for to- torpedoes. And they should be able to see that, so I would not... Yes, uh, Captain. The, the, the photon torpedoes are, are, are unpowered now. It's <laughs> better than Kenobi. Okay. I can't do this German very well, <laughs> but I try. All right. I'm German, but I was raised in France. Our, our torpedoes are offline. Now your turn. And you can see they're offline. Scan. You can see. And then you, they scan. Very well, Captain. On the count of three, you drop your shields and we drop ours. All right. Is it on three or is it go or how do you do it? On go. Okay. So three, two, one, go or one, two, three, go. Three. Two, one, go. Now, or or that was just an example? That was a practice, Captain. Okay, all right. Now the real you one. You needed clarity, and I provided it for you. Okay, do a real one now. Three, two, one, go. All right. We'll, we'll lower our shields. They're down. You lower your shields, and... This is where you have to make a roll to see if you've convinced the captain of this. So I need your command Mm -hmm. and your command and, sorry, your presence. Command and presence, that would be a 15. 15, and the difficulty is 4. I'm going to use... How much do we have in our uh, momentum pull? You have 4 momentum. And I can use up to what for this? All of them, or two of them, or what's the deal? You can use as many as you want. Oh, actually, no, sorry. The cost, I keep forgetting this part. You can buy one additional dice for one, two additional dice for two, or sorry, one additional dice for one, a second dice for two, and then for three. Like, the cost goes up by one each time, which I don't think I did for Kyle and his roll. Yeah, I want two dice. Um, I want to buy two dice. So that costs you three momentum. Okay, and that leaves us with one in storage. That's right. Yeah. So I have a total of three dice, right? You bought two, you have four. You can roll four. Oh, I can roll up to four. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Already and the difficulty is four. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And First. you have, sorry, one second. You have a focus in negotiations yeah. and in intimidation as well. So each of your successes counts as two successes. Okay. All right. Go. First one is a success. It's an 11. Mm-hmm. Second roll is a seven. All right, you've met your quota. You still have two more rolls to do. Twelve. Can't believe this. Uh-huh. Final roll, eight. All right, so you have eight successes, or you have, yeah, eight successes for a four difficulty Oh, day. right, right. Um, I think you can store one from the two extra, so you can store up to two momentum, or I you will, can just spend them. I will, sp- 
I mean, that that pretty much solves my. I mean, that's a big successful roll, so I should store them, right? Can't. What else can I do with? If I use those momentums, what advantage do I get at this point? Unknown. Oh shit! You know what? So I get two out of that. This is one. a pretty important play, and we're almost at the end of the episode. You might as well blow them. As a Let's one blow shot. them two. Let's do it. All gone. Out. All right. So you weren't sure if. There was always the potential when you lowered shields that the Klingon ship would not lower its shields and fire photons at you or something like that. However, nothing springs forth from the ship. Okay. And now, uh, Maro, you're up to do transportation again. All right. This is a difficulty zero. Or no, sorry. Actually, this is a difficulty five. You have to transport spores. You have to find the spores in the ship, target them, and transport them. This is not an easy task. I've got for, it. For an average Starfleet person. And yes, Spotty can help you as a scientist. Isn't it easier possibly... for him to teleport the, the two mouth breather dudes that are now in the thing? We don't. Well, I guess we want to try to save them, don't we? No, you're not transporting the Kulon. You're transporting the spores. No, no, right? no. I mean the, the people, the uh, Kristen's assistants who now have the spore faces, the plant faces. They... Oh, you want to try? Okay. As a Starfleet captain, you are required to a certain amount of ethics. Uh, I know um, Chat's already brought up the issue of biological warfare, but I'm going <laughs> to skip over that for now. Um, uh, but the the what I want to say is yeah. um, it's challenging. So, so, Kyle, you do have... Your transporters are your specialty, so every success is a critical success for you. And Dr. Spotty can help you. So, Spotty, you can roll engineering, one dice of engineering and control to help him. Um, okay. Can she take action to further help? Cause yeah. The the thought is Spotty's gonna go teleport to Medbay, grab one of the oh they're asleep. No, uh, that jerk. Uh, the the Weasley guy, Kenobi. <laughs> Kenobi. Yeah. So she's gonna go, go down to there. Kenobi? She's gonna grab Kenobi, and then she'll like stand in the space, have him out the air, and then she'll step out and let Maro. Oh right! So you'll you'll you're gonna farm the spores that's gonna get sent over there, correct? Yeah, because then there's definitely a cloud of spores. Okay, um, perfect. Okay, so that's how you'll roll your assistance dice then. So, uh, Maro, you you t- transport Spotty to transport bay. All right, now Spotty, you have to make a roll to get him to cough out some spores. So immediately as you get there, you beam into the transport bay. Kenobi looks at you and goes, Greetings. It is happiness to see you and begins moving towards you in a hug. And right, as she'll moves- move back slowly toward the teleporter. <laughs> okay. And if you want, you could use one of your device to create a force field to capture the spores as he breathes them out. So he approaches you, the little things pop out of his nose and his, his mouth, these little like tentacles that release spores. <laughs> Cool, she readies and to capture it. So your device, so let's make a skill roll for your device, okay? It's control and medicine. So 15, and that's a 15 total. Difficulty of, let's say, two. A 13 and an eight. Okay, so you were successful, and you can store some momentum on that. You have, uh, is that, because I just want to see, is that a focus of yours? Trauma surgery, xenobiology, virology. Yeah, virology. It's this is this discount. So you get four successes. 
You can store up to two of the momentum if you wish. She'll, yeah, she'll store the two yeah. momentum and use the extra. She has an extra one, right? Yeah, so you store one mo- momentum. I think you don't get two momentum from a crit. It's just you get one. So you can store one, sorry. So, yeah, she'll use one. She'll store the... Right, so the you others. beam over. He goes to embrace you and says, Greetings, it is pleasing to meet you. Spits out the spores. You capture it with the, your medical device into a force field. Morrow, uh, and then you, you message Morrow. Let's get Morrow. Hey, Morrow. You ready? <laughs> I'm sensing readiness here. All right, Captain. Yes. Okay, so Morrow, you're at your console. You have a lock-on position of where Spotty has captured the spores. You can roll. It's a difficulty. It's lower the difficulty because she's done this to a three. Uh, But you still have to transport and isolate. So let's get an engineering and control check. Difficulty three. Real quick while he's doing that, this is not technically germ or chemical warfare or biological warfare because that's usually that's used against like populations and people and junk like that this is straight up a ship full of warlike roguelike it's uh, Klingons yeah Klingons. <laughs> they're not, not people but even beyond that keep in mind the bigger picture here cause cause if this is Chad arguing biological warfare you're not seeing the genius of this plan by infecting their ship assuming we get the crystal to the planet that thing will probably do a favor and cut this mental connection which means it frees everybody so by basically handcuffing ourselves together we have to get the crystals to the planet there you go look at dr spot look at the brain on dr spotty yeah so you gotta think about these things right she is the science officer and it can be cured you know yep i'm into it all right so uh let's go with those roles mero it's your time to act you're a man of action your chin is yearning for for transport action (laughs) (laughs) excellent (laughs) all right uh, there's there's two momentum at the moment Yes. I'm going to use them both. All right. You're now at zero momentum. All right. I rolled a 20 and an 18, so I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Uh, Four and a three. All right. That's four successes. You've cleared the three difficulty benchmark. You use the consoles and transport the spores over. And where do you you transport them to the bridge? Is it going to sparkle when it arrives? Uh, Yeah. There'll be an effect. Okay, could I put it into their air system? Do I know their ship well enough? Do our scans? Um, you're familiar with the makes of Klingon vessels, so yeah, you would be able to find... You could pick anywhere. All right, well, let's drop it in life support, and we'll do the whole ship in one big bomb. Okay, perfect. So... All right, so... on. Okay, so you do. You conduct this. The transport happens. And then you hear uh, on, on the communicator vang... Or uh, Captain Spacer, you hear... Talk, talk! Ikan! I don't know Klingon. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then Vang and then says, What is the meaning of this, Captain? Shields up! He says, Shields up, Captain. Where are, where are the prisoners and the crystal? We detect a transport, but have nothing in our transportation bay. Well, it turns out the visitors we sent to you are very small. And uh, Cap- that's just the way it is, bud. Uh, Lieutenant Tome says, Captain, may I recommend raising our shields? Shields? Raise shields. <laughs> Raising's the shields! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'll say space her out and I'll hang up on Klingon boy. And just before you hang up, Veng says, "On the photon." And then, then you hear, Captain, the Klingon vessel is arming his photon torpedoes. I recommend we take evasive action. Evasive maneuvers, Lieutenant Gunter. All right, evasive maneuvers. You can provide a command roll along with that. Uh, let me give you that. Command command, and... Uh, sorry, what is it? Command and, and, and presence. And conquer. <laughs> conquer. Uh, that would be a 17. Did I hit it? No. Damn it. You're 15. All right. But it, uh, Gunter takes his evasive actions. All right. And he's able to, to maneuver. And just as you're expecting the photon torpedoes to fire from the bird of prey, the ship appears to drift motionless. <laughs> I mean, There's sort of this, this moment of silence, of tension, rather, as everyone waits to see what the bird of prey does. Report, I'll say to anyone who will give me a report. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Lieutenant Tome says, it would appear that the weapon system is operational, but the ship is not firing. Our sensors are unable to penetrate the, because their shields are up. However, we are not detecting any mo- impulse movement from the ship. Perhaps your ruse worked, Captain. Raise us channel. Let's see if we can get him on the on the on the com. All right, you raise a channel. Cobot uh, says uh, hailing frequency, and then uh, the on-screen comes up, and you see Veng sitting there, and he smiles. <laughs> Greetings, Captain. It is pleasing to see you. It is and very. And he walk. He sort of lumbers closer to the view screen, yeah. and he opens his mouth, and these little tentacles start coming out of his nose and mouth, and he goes, and it sprays the view screen. And you see other Klingons sort of in the background, walking around like kind of zombies with their hands forward, just walking around their ship. All right. Um. All right. I will say, well, it's happiness to see them as well, and I'll cut the channel off. Uh, All right. We now have an opportunity, which we may not have time for, but we should probably try. Yeah, we got to wrap this turkey up. Let's go. We got to get the stuff off that ship that goes down to the planet somehow. So. um, Well, we're free to go on the ship whenever we want. So I'm going to, yeah. So here's what we'll do. Let's teleport. Let's beam um, Kyle and uh, the the android over to retrieve this stuff. Or at the very least, you know, mark it so we can figure out what we're beaming over or whatever. We're beaming to All the right. planet. And then we can sight to sight beam it right to the planet. All right. Um, Commander, uh, sorry, Chief uh, Chief. Antivera, you'll have to uh, beam yourself over along with uh, Lieutenant Commander Tom. Wait, is oh, there someone yeah. who can beam us back? Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone, someone can sit at your console on the ship, right? Okay. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, everyone in Starfleet is well versed in one another's disciplines. They're generally multi, you know, yeah. multi-disciplined per people. So yeah. we'll okay. say Cobot Co- does it for you. Cobot, you get up from your console. Cobot sits at your console, prepares you, and you've transported over. The commander's made it. Captain's made it. So the sound effect played. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you beam aboard the alien vessel, and you, along with Lieutenant Commander Tome, this is the android. And um, you are in a hallway that's completely gray, uh, intersects four ways. 
At the end of each hallway, you see doors, like large metal doors. There's a hemming of ley lines of like green, sort of pulsing. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Tom takes out his tricorder and then points this way and he says, the energy readings are coming from this direction. And he begins walking that way. No, not you follow. Yeah, you follow him into a room. The door opens. And you're in this circular room, and in the center is a large blue crystal hovering uh, in the middle sort of, and sort of rotating. And most of the light comes from this crystal as it shines throughout the room. This is the Bacolum crystal that the Kulan Quili talked about. All right. Uh, does it appear it's just a crystal, not the power system or anything like that? Uh, it just appears to be a crystal on a pedestal. All right, then I will take the necessary uh, scans needed to triangulate this down to the planet. Okay, so uh, let's get a from you an engineering and uh, reason roll. So eight plus four is 12. Uh, 16, 17. All right, you failed in your task. Um, Let's say the Lieutenant Commander Tome will give you an additional roll here. I don't think I said a difficulty. I guess we'll say it's a difficulty zero. It's not that you're not under any pressure. It's not that hard. So um, done it a million times. You, you'll be able you'll be able to lock onto this no problem and transport it down to the surface. Uh, this is a fairly everyday task for you. Cool. Yeah. Um, the, that's all. The, uh, all there is to see in the ship. Lieutenant Commander Tome says. Um, if you wish, Baro, we could spend more time examining the ship to see if we can't repair it for the Kulan. Yeah, I However, was aware of their warp. So their warp was, uh, their impulse engines were down, their impulse shields. Engines, yeah, impulse engines down, shields are down. Uh, warp was still online. They had warped into the system, so okay. that's still working. Life support is limited. Um, we oh, don't have a lot of time left. Leaking. Yes, that's right. Their, their life okay, support. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll go about uh, repairing the repairs. Okay, perfect. So we're just going to kind of hand wave a lot of stuff because we're trying to wrap up the conclusion to our one shot here. For the record, this going... is what Star Trek yeah. does every week. They solve everything in the last minute and a half, so this isn't that unusual. <laughs> yeah, this is part yeah. of the course. Yeah. So you, you you begin effectuating repairs. Um, Scott, or Scott, Captain Spacer, do you want to at all speak to the Kulan again? Uh, they're in your brig. Yeah, while they're doing that, uh, simultaneously, I am down there in the brig uh, discussing with them what what we want to do here. That we were able to uh, successfully beam their gift to their god, whatever the hell it was called. I forgot now. The queef. What was it? What was it called? The F. Afardius. What was it? Amphari. Amphari. The Amphari. They're Amphari gods. I'll tell them that 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 happened, and that that we would like to send them back to their ship. That we've done some repairs, and that they should have no more trouble from the Klingons. Their their best bet is to once they get in to get back to their home. Okay, perfect. So you go down and you discuss with them. They say greetings, Captain Spacer. Good to see you. And they uh, you discuss with them what needs to be done. You learn from them as speaking with them that part of the bountiful blessing that delivering these crystal does actually helps their organisms remain strong and they bring that back with them. And from that, Dr. Spotty is able to create an antidote 
for the infection of the crew aboard the ship. And thus, you're able to to do that. I'm just going to wrap it up because we're at the end of the show, and like and I, we'll I want to elaborate more. But... Antidote too, yeah. so that uh, everybody we can all get out, and just as we go, we teleport it over to the Klingons. Yeah. And what I want to know, you can, you're going to teleport it to the Klingons yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Because what right, will so happen b- is they'll get some kind of derelict signal. Other Klingons will find them. They'll see the stuff. They'll figure out, oh, we got to give it to them, and they'll and they'll fix their problem. Yeah, because you know you're going to fight them if you stay in the vicinity. So I assume you wrap up, you teleport the crystal down yeah. to the surface after Dr. Spatty takes a portion of it to cure the crew, yeah. and then you leave it behind for them to eventually take hold. Or I'm saying you're... if we can make it into an aerosol, because then we can put it into the air vents. Oh, that's, yeah, that's them. totally Star no Trek. people yeah. who come yep. and find them would get infected. And, yep. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But happens. I'm assuming it's a time release so that you're not around when they're cured, because exactly. they're probably still attacking. Everybody's yeah. out. Yeah. All right, so you, 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 you create the cure, you cure Ensign Kenobi, the, the ensigns down on the surface survive. Dr. McGovern and Dr. Stahl are okay. They get beamed back aboard. Everyone's cured. The Kulon, thank you. And you've, you you follow first contact protocols and have now first met the Kulons, uh, the Kulon alien race. And they proceed on their way back to their home world. The Amfari are honored. Um, Dr. McGovern takes back the new science she learns uh, with her back to Starfleet. And you make sure the Klingons don't wake up until, <laughs> until, uh, until you're long gone. And uh, that is this week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of a uh, Star Trek adventure, instead of experience points, you earn milestones. So you earn, that's basically one point of milestone if you have accomplished a specific thing. Uh, We're not going to get into it. Everyone gets what they call a milestone. Mm -hmm. Just mark it somewhere on your character sheet. However, someone also gets a spotlight milestone, and it's up for the players to decide who gets the spotlight milestone. Um, there's some criteria for it, and I'm just going to go over the spotlight to help you decide. Um, while I look it up in this million-page-long PDF here to try and find it. Spotlight milestone, it's called? Yeah, so it's like one of the... You know, in a Star Trek episode, someone's usually featured as like a set, one of the cast members is central. Yeah. So you're going to award that to whoever was most uh, central. So let me just see. Um, well, not most central, but hang on. I'm looking up. Crucial, the, to, crucial to the mission success. Yeah, here we go. Milestone. Spot, um, cause it, it just has a list of. Because I'd give it to the doctor for the amazing idea of sending spores over there. Yeah, a spotlight milestone occurs when a single main character is particularly prominent and significant during an adventure. At the end, you may award a spotlight milestone. But also the players can do it. I like the players doing it, voting for it better. Um, it's just a milestone. So basically to level up, you need two milestones. So you're voting on whoever's going to level up. The milestone is not a level up, though. It's a side grade. So you minus one to something and plus one to something else. Hmm. Um, Interesting. You know, that's Because we're not playing this every week. I think you would just note that you have two milestones. And when we play our next session, if that ever happens, you can get your side grade. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, there's also an arc milestone. And that is a level up, but that represents a major growth period. So a value has to be challenged, and then someone grows out of it. So we're not going to get an arc milestone this time. That's so anyways, vote for the person who gets the spotlight milestone today. All right. Yeah. I, I vote for Captain Scott with the sound effects. <laughs> did a good job today, man. I you would. Into uh, it. Well, I appreciate that. I'd throw my vote at you for your for that idea because I think that solved our that was our big solution trek style solution to how to solve our our problem same 
Yeah. I agreed. You not only countered uh, you, in the Star Trek universe, you performed an action of peace and you countered chat at the exact same time. Yep. Pretty That's good. true. You were the you were the uh, you did have play of the game. Yeah, it was. It was great. Uh, all, right, all right. So, so we're great. Kristen a, gets a spotlight yep, milestone. Yep. Yeah. All right. So mark, just mark that on your sheet that you got a spotlight milestone and a regular milestone. Everyone gets we're just going to give everyone a milestone. So everyone gets a milestone. She gets a spotlight and that which gives her a level up. And if we return to this world, we'll we'll see. Just make sure it's saved on your seat because if we play and send me a copy of your sheet now so I can store them and keep them on hand. If we ever play again, I'd love to have John here playing this with us. I miss him so much. Yeah, he'd have a good time. With it. And I definitely overloaded it as usual. Uh, a lot of moving parts, but I think it felt like a. At one point, you guys were chatting. I'm like, this feels like a Star Trek episode I'm watching. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, super fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, like a lot. Uh, so yeah, my, my guess is we may return to it. And if we do, we'll have all the info we need. Other than that, a reminder that uh, we're swinging in real close to the holidays. I don't know. Do we talk about a show next week? I don't know if we have a show next week. Next week is Christmas. The next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. So we're going to have a little bit of a break. We'll return to the waste after that. Uh, but we want you all to have a great holiday season. And we hope you're having a, a, uh, a good time as we get closer to Christmas and New Year's and all that. In the meantime, if you want to support this show, you can do it at the website. There will be dungeons.com. Click the link and become a supporter today. There are lots of benefits to doing that. You just got to get in there and check it out. Big thanks to everybody who already does. I think that's everything. Yep, it is. For me, for Kyle, for Kristen. For Bo and John, he'll be back next time. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes, get more at frogpants.com.